Ladies and gentlemen, jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Coming to you live from our radio and television studios in Northwest Pennsylvania. We're going to get right to it, uh, folks. In case you saw over the weekend or didn't see over the weekend, WND, World Net Daily, WND.com. Bar manager, cops never talked with staff about night Seth Rich was murdered. Liz Crokin is coming up. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. We've got uh, so much to get into. This is just going to be an information-packed show. I would urge you to uh, tell your friends and family about this program, about this particular show as well. On Twitter, at HagmanPI, that's me. On Twitter, at HagmanReport, that's the show. Um, Facebook, all social networking, HagmanReport or Doug Hagman. And uh, plug in plug in because we're we are again we're operating under a new mandate we are moving forward we are exposing the dark and evil deeds of of things i i did i want to say this as well tied closely with the topic on the first half hour tonight in the first segment or two tonight depending if i twist uh liz croken's arm um of course uh about seth rich and about the larger issue of um treason in this country the issue of uh Hacks versus leaks tied closely to that Thursday. I'm going to bring George Webb on, the uh, investigative journalist out there in the field, and uh, getting more in depth as well. But uh, right now, Liz Crokin, you know, hot commodity with respect to the information about the murder of Seth Rich. I was on with Dave Hodges last night talking about that as well laying out just the foundational aspects of it, but there's more, obviously more to it and more in depth. So catch up if you can, and I do hope you you will catch up. We're going to bring Liz Crokin on. Before I do, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you, and let's... Uh... Yeah, let's jump right into it. we got a great show tonight. We have Liz Crokin. Um, in this hour, we have Diamond and Silk in the next hour, and then Steve Quayle and Dr. Michael Lake and, will be, will be with us on, from yeah. 8.30-10. So with that, let's bring Liz Crokin on. Hi, guys. It's great to you? have you back. We can see you. I can, I can see you. That's just great. You're great. Good, good to see you, Liz. Can you see my head's about to explode? There is so much that's gone down about the Seth Rich murder investigation since we last talked. It's crazy. You know, there is. And, and this is, I, I, really, I mean, this is for all the marbles, I believe, exposing who, who and what is behind this will reveal. We'll, we'll rip, rip, uh, rip apart the meme about the Russian hacking. Uh, will indict, of course, that's a figure of speech, indict many in the deep state. So, Liz, let's, uh, can, great, great job on the article, by the way. Super Thank job. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Trust so. me, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Well, yeah. Well, you were on Friday, you gave us a teaser, take it away. Well, I, okay, so I was on Friday, we talked about the Seth Rich investigation. Yesterday, my story broke with World Net Daily. And there's two important points I want to highlight from that article. So 
the PI that the family hired, that Seth Rich's family hired, to investigate this case, Rod Wheeler, this, this story blew wide open again when he went on TV and he said that um, he had reason to believe that Seth Rich was the leaker to WikiLeaks, right? He also said that his he used to be a D.C. police detective, as you guys know, and he said that the people that he talked to in the department said that he was that they were told to stand out down on this case, right? So I talked to a manager at Lou City Bar, which is where Seth was. The, he, that was the last place, known place he was before he was murdered. And I was told that police never investigated the bar. And when I say that, they never went in there and asked one employee one question they they have you know video surveillance there. They never asked for the video footage of Seth. They never asked for a receipt. Nothing. The only time any staff members talked to police was during a memorial in a friendly manner. It wasn't part of a police investigation. Now, I started my journalism career as a police reporter. And when someone's murdered, it's it's murder investigation 101. Like you start at the last place the person was seen at to investigate the crime and you guys, you know, as investigators yourself and with your background and your ties, like you guys know that if someone's murdered, that's the first place you go to ask questions. So the fact that no police went there to ask any questions, they didn't ask for the tape, they didn't ask for Seth's receipt, nothing proves that what Wheeler said, the private investigator, what the private investigator said was accurate. The police stood down. Because they did not investigate this case. They did not go to the bar where he was last seen. Right. And, and Liz and folks, you walk in the victim's shoes. You, you, that, as a police officer, as an investigator or a homicide detective, that's what you do. You, you recreate the, the last minutes, moments of their lives, hours, um, up to 48, 72 hours. I mean, you, that, in one-on-one. Now, the, the bar manager, Bar owner, it was a Joe Capone? Is yeah, that, it was. Okay. Okay. So, you know, so then I asked Joe, I'm like, okay. So they didn't ask any questions. They didn't ask, you know, for a receipt, nothing. And I said, well, what about the video footage? And he's like, oh, no, you know, no one asked for that. And I'm like, well, do you still have it? And he said, he said, well, probably not because our footage tapes over every 30 days. So it, obviously would have taped over by now. But according to him, the cops never asked to look at the tape. Seth could have been with his murderers. You know, it's, it's just insanity. Oh. And then the fact that, I mean, geez, I mean, just as a manager at a, a restaurant, you know, these people were friends with Seth just out of curiosity. I don't think it's strange that no one was like, hmm, like maybe we should look at this tape and see if anything strange happened that we didn't notice or if there was, you know, any shady people lurking around him or anyone was hovering over his drink. Maybe he could have been roofied. Like, you just, you yes. never know. The whole thing is just crazy. Now, now did, when you had the opportunity to speak with uh, uh, Joe Capone, and I know that names were not put in the article, but it, it's open source information yes. at this point. Yeah. Um, when you had the opportunity to uh, to interview him, did he say anything about if Seth Rich was with anyone or what his state of sobriety might have been uh, during this well, time? So uh, 
Joe told me he was out of town, and he told me that from what he heard, there was nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, he didn't see because I, I read that there were bar fights that night, and he said that he didn't hear about that, and he said he didn't believe that Seth was involved in any bar fights. Um, but I will say that he's put out conflicting reports out there. There's some statements that he's made that seem to contradict other statements he's made, and there was one statement that was reported that said that he said he was in town and offered him a ride home, and, and he told me he wasn't in town. So, I mean, there's this whole thing is just a mess, and there's a lot of contradicting information, and I don't want to take your viewers too far down the rabbit hole, but there are a lot of people that find it strange that Joe was at the White House a few days before yes. murdered, okay? And and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because when I talked to Joe on the phone, I did not know that he was spotted at the White House a few days before and Joe initially was like, eh, I shouldn't be, you know, really talking. You know, I should run things by the family before I talk. But then he started talking. So I was like, all right, well, he's talking. So I guess he's okay with it. talk. That's right. Yeah. But he was answering my questions. I said, okay, well, what about this? What about that? And he would just answer my questions. And then it was weird because he's out of the blue. He's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, I was at the White House. And everyone's asking about the White House. But I was just there for a tour, you know. And I'm like, what? Because I, I hadn't read yet that he was at the White House before a few days before Seth was murdered. So I, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then when we got off the phone, I later read that he there was reports that he was at, in the White House and allegedly in a private room. And as we know, the White House at that point in time was closed down to public tours. Correct. Okay. And he, if I'm not mistaken, Liz, and I think you, you might have found this out, and Liz Crokin is our guest, folks, um, he posted the manager of Lou's City Bar, Joe Capone, four days previous to the murder, as Liz is um, telling everyone, did go to the White House, was part of a four-member tour. However, on his Facebook page, he did post a photograph, hmm. uh, him and in the company of a couple of other people, in a room, private room, in the east wing of the White House. And In fact, the photograph looked out over the south lawn. So, just saying. Yeah. The East Wing is where the president has, um, you know, different ceremonial events and uh, not bill signing events, but I, I interned in the White House, so I've, I've been in the East Room before. I just, look, I just thought it, it was a little strange that he insisted on bringing this up. I didn't even know about the White House or that he was at the White House. Um, but, okay, so... In some, I, I got some breaking news for you guys. So we have a story that that's not even up yet, but we have a new story that we're going to break on WND really soon. And so when the private investigator that was hired by the family, when he started working on this case, he started calling his friends in the police department to, to try to figure out what was going on, right? So listen to this. Apparently... When he was making calls investigating the case, a high-ranking member of the DNC got very upset about this and called not only the police to complain about this private investigator snooping about the Seth Rich case, she also called the Seth Rich's family and complained. Well, guess who that high-ranking DNC official was? It was none other than Donna Brazil. Now, if you remember, Donna Brazil lost her job at CNN 
for abusing her position at CNN to leak debate questions to Hillary Clinton. So if anyone has an axe to grind with a potential leaker to WikiLeaks, it would be her. Okay, the breaking news. You'll have to repeat that for me again because I think I might have had a minor cerebral episode when you said that. <laughs> You're cracking me up. Well, wait I know a second. my head is spinning all day. The story is just a beast. Uh, okay. Huh? So, yeah, so, so Donna Brazil, and this is according to Rod Wheeler. Right. He, he told one of our reporters, and, and, and he's really fed up right now. I mean, this guy, I've talked to him. He was trying to do good by this family. He genuinely wanted to find out who murdered this nice young man. All right? that He's not political. He didn't have an agenda. He just wanted to get down to the bottom of the story. And, you know, he told me he was very close to solving this murder. He believed he was very close to solving this murder before he was thrown off the case by the quote-unquote family under the direction of their spokesperson who works for the DNC. I mean, it's crazy. It's a crazy web. But, yes, so the so when he started investigating this case, Donna Brazil found out that, God forbid, a family hired a, a PI to find out what the heck happened to their murdered son. And she had a problem with that. Why would she have a problem with that? Why wouldn't she want this family to find out who murdered their son? Why would she have a problem with that? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, Liz, what struck me as kind of telling was Assange um and uh, well a GOP uh, indiv- uh someone from the GOP which is interesting by itself and the DC police department all you know put up what 150 or 130 whatever right. it's up to 130,000 150 grand in reward money but the DNC nothing crickets no, no. isn't that very telling absolutely so- and then here's another in- interesting piece of information. I mean, there's there's so much going on. I have some notes here. So the crisis manager, the spokesperson for the family, is not really a spokesperson, okay? He's a crisis consultant. We talked about this on the last show. So he was quoted telling one of our reporters who was asking about this whole situation, he said to her, Anyone that believes that Seth Rich may have leaked DNC emails, quote, deserves a place in hell. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're supposed to be a crisis manager and you're telling people to go to hell? Like, I mean, this is just the, this is the biggest train wreck ever. And, you know, I mean, I, I said on Friday, I'm telling you, this Seth Rich story is the domino piece that's going to make all of them fall down. It's going to, the whole house is about to fall because if indeed, like you said earlier, if indeed Seth Rich was indeed the leaker, that means it wasn't Russia. So their lie about Russia hacking, you know, and colluding against Hillary uh, during this election was a complete lie. So that ruins that narrative. It proves that the DNC uh, has assassins. Um, it proves that the D.C. police department's corrupt. It also proves that politicians 
that are closely tied to the D.C. Police Department are corrupt. And it also proves that a huge chunk of the mainstream media is covering up for this. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're covering up for this murder, you're complicit in it. I agree. You guys, I'm just... You know, you're on a great path of investigation. And, folks, Liz Crokin, investigative journalist, investigative reporter, latest piece out. In fact, we linked to it, WND.com, where she verified that the police never really did any type of investigation at the bar, at Lew City Bar, at all. And now, Liz, what about Rod Wheeler? What's your take on Rod Wheeler, if you have one? Well, and here's another bit of information for you. Rod's really upset because he did say that the local Fox network misconstrued what he said, and now he's thinking about taking legal action. You know, I talked to him. I genuinely feel really bad for the guy. I mean, when I talked to him, he sounded broken. He just said to me, he's like, you know what, I wish I never got involved with this. He's like, this is a nightmare. You know, he's like, I just was trying to do a good thing. I didn't know this was so political. I don't have an agenda. He's trying to help our grieving freaking family. And now he's being viciously attacked. You know, it's just, I feel bad for the guy. I genuinely feel bad for the guy. And it's just, the whole thing's such a mess, you know. And it's very obvious to me that this family, you know, the DNC and certain outlets are lying about this, said that the family didn't want anyone to investigate this any further. Well, that's a lie. They made a video a few months ago. They set up a whole GoFundMe account to raise money so they could investigate it on their own. That is a huge lie. And what grieving family would tell their private investigator who's close to finding the murderer to stop investigating the case? I mean, it just makes no sense. And if Seth indeed was the leaker, why would they hire the only group with a motive to kill him to be their spokesperson? Okay? I mean, you guys know how these people operate. You know how the deep state operates. You know how the Clinton mafia operates. These people, they use fear. They use intimidation. I mean, they will hurt you. They will hurt your family. They will hurt your pets. They'll slash your tires. They will do horrible things to you. And I believe that this family is very fearful and is... Yeah. And now, how did they get, Liz, how did they get, this family get Brad Bauman, who is the, the PR uh, uh, crisis consultant for the Pastorum Group, which is really the DNC um, or, or DNC organ type thing. Uh, Bauman, by the way, and, and perhaps you can verify this or um, confirm it or, you know, if you know, it's my understanding that Brad Bauman, the, the, the spokesperson for the Rich family, was also employed or was, was a shared employee for the House Democrats from 2009 to 2013. Uh, so the, the ties here for the family spokesman, the uh, to the DNC. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, and, what was my question? I, I, I lost my question. Lost my train. But anyway, how did well, that happen? What I to say is, is that, you know, and I, I want to cover this in future stories because it's, it's very obvious to me there's a cover-up. And there are so many ties between, you know, this Motley crew, 
John Podesta, Robbie Mook, you know, all these DNC operatives, these Clinton operatives, there are so many ties between them and the D.C. police chief, the commissioner, the mayor, you know, and the people that are, you know, freaking out the most about this story, you know, are the ones that are linked to it. You know, like John Podesta came out today, you know, you know, just frantically trashing Trump. And it's like these, they're acting like rabid animals that are cornered. I mean, you know, you got the spokesperson telling people to go to hell. You're supposed to be a crisis consultant. And like, that's how you deal with a crisis. Like, you know, these people are, are losing their minds. They're losing. And, and it's, what's unbelievable to me and what's, it's, what's so frustrating to me is being someone that was part of the mainstream media for so long is that there are so many reporters that are flat out lying about it. Okay. There are so many reporters that are now they're starting to attack me. Of course, I was expecting that, which is fine. I don't care. But what's so frustrating to me is that there are so many people in the media. Okay. That are flat out lying about it. They're calling it a conspiracy theory. There are some people, there are some outlets that I actually thought were legit and straight up that were respectable that actually cared about the truth. And it's, it's, it's just so frustrating, but, um, to, 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 to watch Liz, to watch what you went through is is it's hard to watch. And and folks, Liz has been on the receiving end of some pretty nasty, trashy stuff on Twitter, on on, on social networking. Um, and it's, it's so, so you, the flack you're catching means you're getting you're over the target. So thank you. Right. And you know this is what I wanted to say. Okay. The Clintons have been using as a defense the whole conspiracy theory tactic for oh, like at least twenty years now maybe 30, okay? Whenever someone uncovers some scandal they're involved in, they Hillary Clinton gets in front of a camera and says, oh, it's a vast right-wing conspiracy. She's been saying it since Monica Lewinsky. So what was that, like 20 years ago? <laughs> now that tactic worked. It used to work. And the, the DNC and the Clintons have used that for a very long time period. But it's not working anymore, okay? Now, if you just did five minutes of research on this murder, you will see that they're trying to say that it was a robbery, and and within five minutes you'll find out that nothing's robbed. You have to be absolutely brain dead to believe it's a robbery when when nothing was stolen. So my point is is that we've talked about Pedogate before, and Pedogate is something that's, it's really horrendous, it's really dark, and it's really hard for a, a normal person with a soul to comprehend that people could be doing these horrible things to children. So it's easier for people to cast this aside as a conspiracy theory. What's not hard to comprehend is that people murder, and people murder over money and power, okay? That's not hard to comprehend. So this whole, like, wag the dog, oh, let's just call these people conspiracy theorists and call this a conspiracy theory, when it's so freaking obvious, that this that Seth was not robbed and that he has clear ties to WikiLeaks and most likely was the leaker. That's not gonna work anymore. Like the jig's up. You can't you know, and and, and all these stories are coming out saying, Oh, it's a conspiracy theory, it's been debunked. We saw the same thing with Pedogate, but no one debunks it. If you want to debunk a story, a conspiracy theory, you have to prove evidence that X, Y, and Z isn't true. And no one does that. 
That's right. So this isn't the conspiracy theory defense. I'm sorry. It's just it's not going to fly anymore. The story is turning to a beast. Sean Hannity is on it now. Thank God. Uh, Rush Limbaugh talked about it today. Yes, he did. It's starting to go mainstream, and there are just too many worms out of the can, and they can't put them all back. So and thanks to you. I mean, th- thanks in part to you. Is I mean, you're part of this, exposing this. And, and you know, Liz, the connection to, to Pedigate, uh, Pedogate and the organ trafficking, that there's that too, the rat lines and such, you're, you're bringing it home. And, and that's why you're so radioactive in, in the media. I believe that. Oh, well, I appreciate that. You know, I try. I, I, it's just really disheartening for me to see so many "Quote unquote journalists out there lie. I mean, it's it makes me sick. You know, I I started at the Chicago Tribune as a city news reporter, and I worked with some amazing journalists, amazing journalists who who were all about getting the story. They were all about accuracy. They cared about investigative journalism, and just to see these you know so called journalists just blatantly lie, and everybody, everyone in the mainstream media seems to be compromised. It, it I mean, it's un. I've never seen it this bad in my life, ever, and it's frightening. Well, to the tenacious, uncompromising Liz Crokin. Liz, uh, we should should we watch WND for future articles or? Yes, the Donna Brazil one should be up okay. in the next few hours, and I'll be working on this all week. So perfect, and, and you'll you'll keep us posted, right? You'll come back and join us. And thank you so much for having me back on, oh. you guys, and so much for covering this story. It's so important. Well, well, th- well th- thanks for being there, and thanks for your, your guts and for your your approach to this. We really appreciate it. And uh, just stay safe out there, okay? I will. I got my guard dog. There you go. Okay. Thank you, kiddo. Liz Crokin. Have fun. <laughs> thanks. Have a good day, Liz. Yeah, she's a, she's great. Is she? Is she yeah, I'm going to tell you, she really is a good investigative uh, journalist, and and she's on the story, and she's right. There's no one covering this, and from the angles that she's covering it. Uh, it's, it's amazing what she's done over the weekend. When we come back, we're going to be telling you about the terror attack that just took place. Alleged terror attack. Yeah, oh, yeah. Manchester, UK, there's uh, 23 confirmed dead. They say more than 10 are reportedly under 18, 60-plus wounded at a concert in the UK. When we come back, we will we will touch on this. There are, there are video of the aftermath and some photos floating around on Twitter and other sites. Dredge just put it up on the... On the front of their page, this has been a, something that's been going on for over an hour now. And then when we come back, we will talk Diamond about this. Diamond and Silk. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Wink Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. As they say, coming in hot, welcome, the Hagman and Hagman Report, folks. Um, yeah, a terrorist attack in a, at the concert in Manchester, I believe it is, uh, UK, Arianda Grande. But, and it's, it's no, I, I gotta tell you, Eric, the tech, um, it was, uh, with her, or it's my understanding he was, uh, by her, uh, with her this summer, a couple months ago, I guess, or, no, I'm sorry, earlier this year. So he knows her, at least um, at arm's length. Interesting, interesting series of events. That's Ariana Grande, Manchester. Before we get back, or before we get into this May 22nd, 2017 edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report, want to mention TradingPostInTheWoods.com. You know what? This past weekend, uh, in fact, for the last week, my dog was suffering. Lady, the studio dog, she was suffering from a little bit of... Um, the doctors, the vet said it was kennel cough, okay, uh, which she got from, not because she was in the kennel, but she got from Jackie's dog, Theo, uh, who is a rescue. So anyway, long story short, Trading Post in the Woods, 
their special formulas really knocked that malady away from lady. Did a great job. Humans as well. My wife, sinus infection, bang. This worked really well. And a number of things. In fact, everyone in the studio has used products from TradingPostInTheWoods.com. We can attest to their effectiveness, and we can attest to the fact that TradingPostInTheWoods.com, they will provide knowledge to empower you. In fact, talk about the skills to equip you, the supplies that we use to sustain and assist us. And they've got a like-minded staff at Trading Post in the Woods, like-minded with you. Visit tradingpostinthewoods.com. Check out their simple survival, uh, survival's American Heritage, Heritage Remedies Kit that they created just for the listeners of the Hagman and Hagman Report is fantastic. Folks, tradingpostinthewoods.com and tell them the Hagman and Hagman Report sent you. Before I kick it to Joe, I want to mention I was on with Dave Hodges' Common Sense Show last night talking about the Seth Rich homicide. Everything Liz Crokin said is 100% accurate today, and and she's working on this. And I would urge you, if you don't mind, I'm asking our audience, this is a call to action for our audience. If you are on social networking, just follow her on Twitter, Facebook. Um, and, in fact, just send a tweet saying, I heard you, I heard John Hagman and Hagman. That this raises her visibility, our visibility. It, it raises the subject. We need to flood the internet communities with this information. Again, th- this is because unraveling the Seth Rich homicide. And Thursday, when we, t- we speak to George Webb, who has some communication with him today. If you haven't, if you don't know who George Webb is, W E B B. Oh, get ready because. Uh, the Seth Rich homicide is connected to many, many things. Unraveling that will unravel the whole enchilada. I believe it'll put the fake Russian hacking uh, narrative to bed. There was no Russian hacking uh, situation. It was a leak by, and, and this is my supposition now based on a lot of investigative research by Seth Rich and others. This was a, and George Webb, Parallel investigations with, or parallel investigation with George Webb, um, our team and him, of course, and he's combining forces. We're offering him everything we got. Um, it, it, it would appear that Seth Rich was part of the turning over the thumb drive, not sending it electronically, but turning over the thumb drive physically for delivery to WikiLeaks, ultimate delivery to WikiLeaks. I'm not going to get into the, into the uh, nuts and bolts of that, but that's what that's all about. The other question here is, Joe Capone, Louis City Bar in um, Washington, D.C., White House, four days before his murder on July 10th, 2016. Uh, the... 89-minute phone call from Seth Rich prior to his murder. Where was Seth Rich from 1.40 a.m. to 4.19 a.m. on July 10th, on the morning, morning hours of July 10th, 2016? And um, is, is it possible that the murder of Seth Rich, uh, is it possible? Because we don't really, even at this late date, we don't have any idea which hospital he was taken to. We don't. 
not with any degree of certainty. Is it possible that uh, this could overlap into, you ready for this, organ harvesting? I'm just asking. Just asking. Justice, of course, vengeance by the individuals um, who viewed him as a traitor to the progressive cause. That's just a question. I'm, I'm not making any accusations. I'm asking that question. Could it go that deep? And one more thing, and I'm going to turn it to Joe for this breaking news. One more thing, and I, everyone, please, please, Daily Caller. Um, the uh, Daily Caller today, the author is Rod. Yeah, I'll get it here. I got it right here. Hang on a minute. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the author is uh, Luke. Come on, where is it? His first name is Luke. You can go to Daily Caller, look at the uh, article titled House IT AIDS Fear Suspects in Hill Breach Are Blackmailing Members with Their Own Data. This is a critical story. I will link to it, or maybe, John, if you can, uh, link to it in, uh, in the program area. But this is a critical story. This overlaps into the Seth Rich murder, perhaps, as well. So, having said that, uh, all of these are items that we're working on. I might make a trip to Washington, D.C. myself this weekend. I told my wife this morning before I left the, ho- the house that uh, I was planning on that or perhaps uh, making some arrangements because we need to get to the bottom of this, Joe. There, Luke Rosiak. Thank you. Thank you. That's the art- uh, author. The author. Yeah, the I had it written person. down. I just, I've got, uh, seriously, I've got, so many pages of notes, it's incredible. But Luke uh, Rosniak, check out his article at the Daily Caller. It's The title is House IT8's Fear Suspects in Hill Breach Are Blackmailing Members with Their Own Data. We talked about the Awan brothers. George Webb talks about the Awan brothers. This does overlap with the Seth Rich homicide, in my view. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess we don't know too much, um, except in Manchester, UK, at the Manchester Arena, some sort of bomb went off in the entrance exit way. Um, there, there are a number of videos and, and clips on on YouTube, Twitter, and social media that are showing uh, showing the aftermath of this. Um, and some numbers are coming out. They're saying you know up to twenty casualties, more than sixty or eighty injured, but those are unconfirmed reports. The train station. In Manchester, uh, the Victorian train station is shut down, and they say that it's this is being confirmed as a terror attack. Some local um, politicians are now taking to Twitter, calling it a terror attack. But uh, they're they're still trying to sort this out. This was a, a, again at the Manchester Arena, an explosion at Ariana Grande concert causes multiple deaths and uh, a number of injuries. They, there are reports that there was either one or two explosions, one confirmed. Well, they say injured after explosions at the arena. There was a uh, 17,000 people at this arena, and this was after the uh, concert was over. The lights came on. Apparently, uh, people started to exit, and then a bomb went off, call- causing mass hysteria inside the venue. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to wait for more to come out. That's all that I can really talk about. That that is confirmed. There's like I said, lots of videos, lots of 
social media posts and there are uh, there's a very heavy police presence and they said they'll be updating it as soon as uh, they find out but just from the videos that I've seen of the aftermath or inside the arena the people running and leaving uh, there definitely you know was cause for that there's videos with people with blood all over them uh, from their friends and whatnot and apparently uh, this is an is this American singer it's an American singer and they're saying the venue is filled you know mostly with women and and children uh, so not good coming out of Manchester UK there's a, a few articles up on Drudge but nothing's confirmed except that there has been explosions there are casualties and the police are trying to sort out what happened and, and what the extent of the damage is apparently the singer's okay um just a lot of people attending the concert in the UK have been killed or injured. So something we will definitely keep our eyes on as, um, you know, more terror attacks seem to be happening in Europe uh, at a much faster pace than years before. But we know that this is the direction they're going in as uh, the mass immigration uh, is continuing. But let's, uh, let's jump into some other news. Um, I don't know how many people saw this. I posted this on Hagman Report earlier today. This report was also from the Daily Caller. Leaked Facebook documents reveal self-harm allowed by networks moderators. We've seen a huge increase of suicides and you know violent crimes being committed on Facebook Live. Well, apparently the guidelines uh, of Facebook Live were released by some moderator or moderators to The Guardian say that the live stream of acts of self-harm should not be removed because the social network does not want to punish people in distress. Facebook has yet to respond to the alleged major leak published by the newspaper, dubbing the release Facebook Files. It details how the social media giant moderates graphic content, including violence, hate speech, terrorism, pornography, and racism. Amongst the hundreds of files reportedly seen by The Guardian, are guidelines for dealing with self-harm that show how the company will allow users to live stream attempts to self-harm because it doesn't want to censor <laughs> or punish people in distress who are attempting suicide. Does this make any sense to you? No, not at all. And, and that, that, that's what social networking is doing. See, they're grooming people for this particular... They're grooming people. They're allowing this. Now, now think about this. They're allowing this to go forward on Facebook. They are, um, yet they are saying organizations like us, us and organizations like us are fake news. So what's really happening here? You take a couple of steps back, folks, and look at the bigger picture. This is not just Orwellian. This is, uh, I, I can throw some other words out there, I guess. Uh, uh, but, but you're looking at a total uh, transformation of the social media landscape to push people toward this perverse and accepting of the perverse while rejecting the real news, and rejecting go, real issues. And they go further um, after they say they don't want to censor or punish people who are in distress, who are attempting suicide. They say this, experts have told us what's best for these people's safety is to let them live stream as long as they are engaging with viewers. One of the documents explains removing self-harm content from the site may hinder users' ability to get real-world help from their real-life communities. And I would disagree with that completely. Um, 
these people are obviously attempting to gain some sort of attention by doing this or are showcasing something. I think the audience probably enables them more than half the time to to be able to do what they want to do. I guess I'm saying if somebody wanted to commit suicide on Facebook Live, why would you keep that content or that video up there of them streaming live saying they're going to commit suicide? Well, if, if you shut it off, wouldn't it, it, wouldn't it, it all at goes, least at some in some level of your mind think it would deter them from, but, but you know, I didn't get to do what I wanted thinking. to. Eh, right. It might be, but. Uh, look, it's, it's backward thinking, okay? If, if you take away the platform for which, as you were stating, if you take away their platform, it is thereby disallowing them to, to do something. It, it, take away the cop in a suicide by cop scenario, same thing. Take away the platform, the venue for Facebook uh, Live for these people uh, streaming live videos. I mean, look at the video that was streamed live on Facebook by the killer in Cleveland who mm-hmm. killed that older man in Cleveland and wound up in our city. Look at that. So the like bottom Steve line Stevens. here. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole the entirety of the social networking platform is grooming for perversion while taking the real news out of the mix, and it's interesting how there's very little conservative or um, right backlash against this, and, and I think that you know we we cannot wait for alternatives to be created. We must recreate and redefine, in my view anyway, redefine the rules on the current social networking platforms that we have before we can move on and create others. I'm a big proponent of, look, let's let's work with what we have. We, we get dealt a hand. Um, Facebook is certainly not a platform I really relish, yet we have to exist there, or you know, if, if we choose to do business perhaps in a network, okay, you exist on that platform, uh, but you 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 exist there to change it um, to the extent possible for the good. And I'm not talking about any type of altruistic changes or uh, motives. I'm talking about getting the truth out there, using them, using their own devices against them. This is what I'm, I'm talking about. By the way, something that I, that's been on my mind, people who think the special counsel, Mueller, and I didn't get to this uh, in talking with Dave Hodges last night. People who think that Mueller is, in fact, a uh, a good guy, remember he was he was the FBI director that was uh, appointed on September fourth, two thousand one, I believe it was, uh, right before nine the week before nine eleven. But he was also involved during the Clinton administration. He was a point person, FBI point person for the TWA Flight eight hundred incident. Folks, Mueller is a, a he is not does not have truth's best interests. His, his best interest is not truth. And those people on the right and the conservatives, moral, political conservatives and Christian conservatives who are saying, well, Mueller is a good guy. And all, what planet are you from? Go back in history and look at what he had done during the Clinton administration in his position and his, his role in TWA 800. We had Jack Cashel here in studio. And he could tell you all about that. So it's, it, you, people better watch this special counsel in, in the form of Mueller. Now, um, just, just to be clear, the, uh, um, that special counsel, that the laws have changed, uh, the, the special, co- special prosecutor, the special counsel law, uh, expired in 1999, I believe it was. 
but uh which is why they refer to Mueller as a special counsel as opposed to a special prosecutor. But how about directing his efforts? And th- this is what could take place. You could let him go, and he could direct his efforts into uh the Hillary Clinton matter by way of the Podesta Group lobbying Russia's largest bank, receiving $900,000. That's Podesta's group. The uh, Podesta Group uh representing uh, Uranium One, and, of course, the... Uh, the, the uh, in his position as chairman as well, uh, to the Clinton Foundation. Lanny Davis, uh, many others, okay. Um, just think about that. But, but the fact of the matter is you've got Robert Mueller is not a good guy in my view in terms of this whole situation. We are monitoring the situation in Manchester. More news as it breaks. Yeah, they confirmed it was a terrorist. nail bomb. Nail bomb. It was and travel. they, uh, yep. At least 20 people are, are killed. All right. And, and just the next uh, segment we're going to have Dom and Silk on with us. If you haven't seen them, if you haven't, if you haven't seen them, oh, you got to watch them. Oh, it's hilarious. They're, 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 they're real, not just hilarious, but they're very on target in terms of what they are saying and what they're, the, uh, the audiences they're reaching. <laughs> they are, they are conservatives. They are political conservatives and, and they, they have a, they have a pretty, pretty wide reach. So they're going to come on and, and, uh, talk to us at the top of the hour. And just another update on the, the Manchester Arena terror attack. Apparently there was, uh, this is an unconfirmed, at least it's confirmed by a local police source there that there was another nail bomb found in the Victoria train station, which was shut down after the first bombing. And the, uh, I don't know, the bomb police are there trying to take care of that but um that's just a, a quick update as to what's going on there so so it, it definitely was oh, yeah. a terrorist attack yeah. and, and uh, we're and dredge has we're gonna say it's, it was an islamic terrorist muslim terrorist attack I, i'm not, i'm not gonna dredge has some updated info uh 20 dead at, at grande gig nail bomb blast yeah absolutely it was a terrorist attack and, and it, it, they've got cameras everywhere in London, as they do DC and New York, but uh, so they they should be able to identify if they so desire. They should be able to identify the perpetrators, or at least the people who planted the bombs at the uh, we, Arena. We haven't talked day. about this. I know we were talking about Seth Rich earlier. Yes. Any comments on the on the Kim dot com um, allegations? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a hacker who yeah. who said he was part or involved with Seth Rich giving the emails, the DNC emails to. WikiLeaks, and apparently has made some claims that he has proof of phone calls and and different things, but those have yet to be seen. Yeah. Um, have you right. read over what he what he's been saying? I, I've seen it. Yes, and I'm not prepared to make any comment on it at this point. Kim.com, that whole situation, because um, with respect to to Seth Rich, this is a an entirely different. This is not a hacking scenario. This is Seth Rich right. working for the DNC. Downloading in, in now what I'm about to say has not been uh, authenticated or proven by the uh, Metropolitan Police Department in Washington D.C. or the FBI, uh, but you can kind of fill in the blanks and connect the dots. What what Seth Rich did during the from we'll say April of 2016 onward in his capacity as an IT operative for the DNC, IT guy for the DNC. He began to notice funds being diverted from 
Bernie Sanders, and I'm no lover of Bernie Sanders, believe me, the guy's a socialist, but from Bernie Sanders to Hillary, Diana Rodham, Clinton. Now think about that for a minute. Because he, Seth Rich was, of course, working uh, in creating software that uh, allowed or uh, provided access, easier access, for uh, voting for people at the polls. So that's what Seth Rich was doing. So somewhere around April, I'm looking here at my notes, somewhere around April perhaps, he began noticing that the funds were being diverted, but not just funds, um, other issues, other things were taking place. Um, okay, here it is right here. Other things were taking place that, uh, in addition to donations and funds, um, numbers were being uh, munged on the Bernie Sanders side. This is before Clinton actually won the nomination, and Bernie Sanders was still in play. So he compiled documentation as far as I have been able to tell for April, May, June, and that's as far as I got. Now, George Webb, I believe, uh, was able to verify through an independent source uh, more than that. And based on George Webb and confirmed through one of my sources, the information that exposed this, as well as the 44,053 emails and the 17,000-plus email attachments, were loaded onto a portable device, which was then given to um, the gentleman by the name of uh, John Jones, who just happened to be hit by a uh, a train, or his body, sorry, his body was found on, on train tracks. I shouldn't say hit by a train, but his body was found on, on train tracks. And was part of this, and I'm going to use George Webb's term, rat line, um, of WikiLeaks people that included, but are not limited to, Michael Ratner, John Jones, Gavin McFadden, Craig Murray, and even a thir- uh, six, which, uh, which George Webb has identified as Eric Braverman, which is something he calls, I think, the Powerball Six. And again, he's going to be with us on Thursday. If you have the opportunity, please, please, folks, educate yourself on the investigative findings of George Webb. Uh, one thing I disagree with George Webb on is his selection of candidates, his political ideology. Him and I do not see eye to eye on it, but I'll tell you what, uh, he's a great investigator. And um, he does talk as well. And uh, you're going to have to think bigger when you get involved in this this rich investigation. He does mention that Seth Rich was last seen at 1.40, 1.45 a.m. and was not seen again until he was found on the ground at 4.19 or 4.20 a.m. So that that period of time, minus the 89 minutes that he was reportedly on the telephone, on the cell phone with his girlfriend, which that there's some questions there, but we'll set that aside. Um, the homicide... If, if in fact, uh, this homicide was committed for the, if the motive was plugging a leak, and you can, you can check my Twitter feed out at Hagman, at Hagman PI. Um, I asked who, you know, who called the plumbers. If that was the motive, then ask yourself this question. Wouldn't it make sense that the, if that was the scenario that took place, wouldn't it make sense that somebody would have attempted to find out as much information or find out what Seth Rich knew at the time that he was shot 
I think so. And that takes you, that takes one into the, um, area of fentanyl and, and, uh, uh, fentanyl inter- interviews. Okay. It gets, it gets deep. It does get deep. So, uh, and there's also a question about the allegiance or, or I shouldn't say allegiance or the, the, where Joe Capone falls in terms of this investigation. Was he really a friend of Seth Rich or could it be? That the, the bar owner, Joe Capone, could it be that he represented a proprietary of the CIA? Could it be that? Possibly. Possibly. Watch George Webb. Watch his investigative uh, research on YouTube. And then you said Thursday on our, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. He, right. it's, it's, he nails, he, I mean, he nails a lot of it. All right, folks. We will be right back after these short messages when we come back. We will be joined by YouTube sensation Diamond and Silk. We're going to get into a little bit with them. And then after that, Dr. Michael Lake and Steve Quayle will be joining us for the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right? You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's a small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke and fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas for fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. 
For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 PreciousTimberProfits.com PreciousTimberProfits.com Hey, welcome back to this May 22nd, 2017 edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hey, we, we've got a studio audience, which is rare. Everyone from the office has now filed into the studio. Uh, even Jackie, my daughter, and the ex- executive assistant, uh, for the, uh, for the office and studios is here, uh, for Diamond and Silk. What, what do you think of when we say Diamond, when I say Diamond and Silk? What do you think of? I, I know, automatically you think of two biological sisters from North Carolina, DiamondandSilkInc.com, DiamondandSilkInc.com. Internet sensations. A voice of truth out there in the chaos, the, the, oh, the chaos of just junk. They bring sanity. They bring sanity to an otherwise chaotic and insane world. Diamond and Silk, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's great. To, it's, it's great to have you. And it's great. Uh, now I gotta, I gotta go to Jackie, my daughter. She wants to say hello to you. Uh, she works in the back office or in the office. So Jackie, here they are. Here they are. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that I'm hey, kind of Jackie? Like, I'm almost kind of like starstruck. You guys are like so inspiring and really cool. And I love all your videos. Inspiring is the word. So, if we can ask, and, and my son, of course, over here as well, Joe Hagman, um, what's the uh, what's what inspired you to do what you're doing? That that's kind of what what we J- Jackie and I were talking. Jackie's like, what made him do this? And and how did everything catch on? Because you're doing fantastic stuff. Well, you know, I just got tired of what I was seeing on television. That's right. Um, President Trump, he was in Donald Trump, came along. He was announcing he was running for president. Mm-hmm. I was watching it on TV. I called Silk. I said, girl, cut on your TV. I know it's turning on your TV, but I told her, cut on your TV, girl. Yeah. Donald Trump is announcing he's running for president. And I thought what I was doing. I turned on my TV. And then she called me back halfway through. She said, girl, she said, this is going to be the next president of the United States. That's right. So we t- started talking about Donald Trump, and we saw how the media started bashing him, throwing him under the bus, calling him out of there, his name. We didn't like it, so what we did was pick up that video and started talking about it. That's right. We didn't know all of y'all was gonna see it though. Right. <laughs> so, so that's how. So that's when you started and how you started. 
Well, we already had our Viewers View YouTube channel. We had that back in, what, 2014? The mm-hmm. end of 2014. And we didn't have no more than about 10 people on the channel. Right. So we would just talk about just stuff that we saw in the media that we didn't like. But when President Trump, then Donald Trump came along, it was like somebody needed to take up for him because nobody was taking up for him. Now, we ain't never met him. We didn't really know him. We knew he played on The Apprentice, but that was pretty much it. Right. We started talking. All of you people started hearing, and then it rest is history. It just snowballed into this. <laughs> I love it, man. I'll tell you, it, it, it's it's great because you offer, and, and by the way, folks, DiamondAndSilkInc.com is their website, and Diamond and Silk, special guests for this segment. Uh, so, so proud to have them, glad to have them. Uh, so, so that's what, that, that's, that's kind of how you really became the sensations that you are today. I mean, not the only reason, but that kind of gave you that, that octane boost, I guess. Is is following Donald Trump? Any blowback at all? Any any anything um, that you weren't expecting? Well, you know what? We found that the more they hate, the more we educate, That's and right. we let people know that you can no longer vote for a system that keeps handing you crumbs. That's right. And see, we used to be lifelong Democrats, and we switched our party to Republican just to vote for Donald Trump in the primaries and go on to vote for him in the general election. Mm-hmm. We even started something back in 2015, uh, uh, September 2015, called the Ditch and Switch Now, because we wanted more Democrats to switch their party just to vote for Donald Trump in the primaries That's and right. the general election. So listen, we love his message, everything that he's talking about, and it makes sense. It right. makes sense for our country. Yes. So we, we didn't we didn't focus on the hate. We educate mm-hmm. to we let educate. them know why they can't vote for a system like that no longer. And I always say we do not entertain other people's pain. We put their name on the wall of shame. That's what we do. Oh, man, I love it. I'd like to put you guys in the, my back pocket and, or at least a recording. <laughs> you know, this is what we need. Isn't, isn't this what we need? We need that, that cohesiveness and, and, and uh, singleness of purpose really to, to punch through, through the hate that's out there and mm-hmm. to elevate this country. Yeah, absolutely. We have to punch through the hate, the stereotypes. I know when you look at us, you may think that, oh, they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to act like this. But let me tell you something. There's more Democrats that's conservative than you know. Mm-hmm. We just were conditioned to vote one way. And what we realized is that we don't need the media feeding us a narrative. We can feed ourselves. We can vote for whoever we wanted to vote for. That's right. And that's why we got, we, you can say we invented that Trump train. We invented the we Trump train. We were on train. the Trump train from day one. That's right. <laughs> you, you go. Go. <laughs> I want to ask you guys, um, during the, have you ever seen a presidential campaign like the one we just went through? Never oh, in my no. life. We've never seen never. anything, never experienced anything like this here. And I always say they can blame the Russia. You better blame God. That's because right. Because these, we got out and we voted. Yes. We voted for these men. We voted for this man. These right. men. This man. We voted for him. We wanted everybody to vote for him because what he was saying made sense. That's we have right. to secure our borders. Don't you secure your house? Don't you? Ain't that White House secure? Then Isn't why it? isn't America House secure? That's we right. have to have jobs where our citizens here are are, are thriving. Yeah. And not just surviving. Mm-hmm. We can bring us some opportunity. That's you right. know, if you give me a fish, all you're going to do is make me fat because I'm going to eat. But if you mm-hmm. show me how to fish, I can catch them all day long That's myself. Right. And lose some weight. That's right. So <laughs> what we wanted was opportunities. Yes. And President Trump was talking our language. That's right. And, and the thing is, he didn't waver and he didn't back down. And I love it. I love it when a man don't waver. Yes. Say what you need to say. Say it how you need to say it. And we support him. We supported him then. We supported him now. And I, we love him. We love him as our president and everything that he's doing for our country. Man, I'll tell you something. How refreshing is that? Um, 
So now I, I know that you've got a 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I believe this to be the case, and correct me if I'm wrong, at 9 o'clock uh, tonight you're going to be on Facebook Live. Is that correct? That's right. We do our Facebook Live every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So just search Diamond and Silk, and you can come on there live with us, and we talk about the current events. You know, if you haven't um, heard what's happening in Manchester, England, uh, with this explosion and possible fatalities, and these are things that we need to discuss and talk about. Right. And we have real people. These are real people. Yes. These are real people that we're talking to. So we are always excited about doing our book live. Yes. Well, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of, of insight, um, a couple of things. Uh, you mentioned Manchester. Uh, horrific, horrific terrorist yeah. attack. Again, again. You know, um, thoughts? I mean, we, 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 when is this going to stop? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, I, and and citizens, you have to look at who you're voting into uh, to different to these different offices. Right. If they don't have your, if they're not worried about your safety, then you don't need to vote them in. The one thing that I can appreciate about our president, President Trump, is that he was concerned about the American people's safety. That's right. That is his number one priority. Mm-hmm. And you have to have leaders that is concerned about that. You can't have leaders that's just opening up the door, letting anybody come in, and you don't know how to properly vet these people, and then now right. we have an explosion, people are, children, babies, teenagers are dead for no reason, just for going to a concert and enjoying themselves. So that has to stop. We can't keep having this here narrative again and again and again. Right. These leaders are going to have to wake up. That's right. Amen to that. All right. Um, Do do you think uh, Donald Trump has only been in office, what, 127, 130 days? Um, his challenge is obviously he's facing this wall of opposition. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, I've never seen a, 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 a previous president stay in and create this shadow uh, apparatus like President Obama is doing. Any comments on that and the opposition that Donald Trump is facing? Can, can he can he survive and break through that? I'm, I'm sure he can. Oh, absolutely. We, yeah, he's going to survive. He's going to survive and oh, break yeah. through it. I think it's a sad day in America when you have the previous president trying to take down a sitting president. That's right. That's what's sad about it. It is time for Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, to go into the sunset. Yeah. He's already done his eight years. Mm-hmm. We have already elected who we wanted. We have President Trump now. That's so right. now let him lead. And it's so sad with the leaks coming out of the White House. It, 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 those things are sad to me. It, it just makes me sad. It and, and it seems like the media is more concerned about these gotcha stuff. Oh, what, did he do this here? They're more concerned about some conspiracy theory writing that kind of stuff instead of the truth. Right. And that's what's so ridiculous. And some of these media outlets need to be held accountable for printing classified information. Because the real crime here is people leaking Man. out stuff. To the media, that is a crime because that can get you, that can get people killed. Right. Amen. All right. Uh, have, have you been in contact at all with the Trump administration? Anyone from the Trump administration? I'm just curious. <laughs> we were just up there. When did we go up there? We were just at the White House for the Easter egg um, yeah. event. We was up there then. Three or four weeks Listen, ago. our president, he knows that. He, he knows diamond and silk fully supports him 100%. and we are behind him. He yes. knows that. And so we're going to be out here supporting him, supporting his message, right. and supporting his agenda, and spreading that and passing that along. That's right. That's what we're going to use our voices for. Amen. Yeah, rumor has it that, that you both are up for ambassadorships to, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, 
that's all right. Uh, yeah, we don't want to take your time up anymore, but we're so thrilled to have you. And, and again, my daughter Jackie, and of course, executive assistant in the office, just so happy. And of course, the people from the office, um, just just loving you, to loving oh, you. So thank you, thank you, Bart. Thank you so much. Any any closing inspiration that you could give to us in our in our audience? You know what? Stop paying attention to people that's trying to feed you a narrative and take down our president. That's right. We voted for him. We need to stand beside him, behind him, and support his agenda. Mm -hmm. And no matter what the media say, you stand behind your president 100% just like Diamond and Silk. That's right. And no weapon that is formed against our president shall prosper. That's right. All right. Jackie, I'm going to give you the last word. Jackie, your biggest fan, arguably, and and she was she was said, oh, tell me it's true that Diamond and Silk are gonna be on are gonna be on tonight. So, Jackie, last word, it's up to you. Okay, hi guys. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see me or not. Sure. Yep. No. Okay, that's okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about your store because I was looking at it earlier and I saw that you guys added some pins and you have a bunch of T-shirts. And your tumblers. Your tumblers were something I was really interested in. So just um, if you could go over all the stuff you have in your store, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Uh, You didn't hear that? I didn't hear anything. Okay. Jackie was asking about your store. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Now they can hear. Okay. Go ahead, Jackie. I hear you. Hi. Hi, Jackie. Hi. I love you guys. Um, I just wanted to uh, go over your store a little bit. Um, I saw that you guys added some new pins, um, some some Trump pins. I thought those were really cool. You have T-shirts and um, your tumblers, if you guys could talk about those, because I love those tumblers. Yes. Okay. Our latest pin is our Women United for Trump pin. That's right. And as you know, we created that back in 2016 around the summer mm-hmm. because we, we thought it was important that people know that, hey, President Trump, Trump have women that love him and stand behind him. That's so right. we want everyone to go and purchase you a Women United for Trump pin. There's free shipping and handling. Go to the Diamond and Silk, DiamondandSilkStore.com That's to, right. to purchase that. And just browse the store and other stuff you can purchase, too, if you would like. Yes. There you go. Jackie? Sounds good. All right. Diamond and Silk. Uh, uh, how gracious both of you are, and what an inspiration you are to all of the conservatives out there, moral, spiritual conservatives. Thank you so very much for your appearance, for your gracious gift of time tonight, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we're going to be following you um, and uh, promoting your voice far and all wide. Right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. All right. God bless you. Folks, God bless you. That Diamond and Silk, how great was that? And, and they're great ladies. Um, 9 o'clock, Monday nights, Facebook Live. And, and you might think, and I would just want to clarify something here in the, in the wake of their appearance. You might think, well, what what value, what news value, or what value did, did their, their appearance? I'm going I'm to say this much. I truly believe that we need, as a nation and as a people, and especially the, the conservatives, but the Christian conservatives, we need the inspiration. We need the cohesiveness. We need to come together, not tear each other down. And when we can, we, when we can find diamond and silk. And Jackie, you can pipe in here too, because you and I and, and Joe, I mean, we've all had these conversations. Um. What do you mean? Like about we've had the conversations about the uh, the the lack of unity. It seems like we the not just the Republicans but the conservatives and the Christian conservatives 
we can't, nobody, it's hard to work together, it seems like. No one wants to play nice with one another. You know, and, and Diamond and Silk coming on here, to me, is not just an inspiration, but it's an instruction that, yeah, we can play nice. It's an inspiration that we can, uh, you alright? Yeah, sorry. Alright. She's over there choking. But I, th- I think there's value to that. You know, to, to bring Diamond and Silk on, there's value to them. Um, as as a team, as an internet sensation, and they've got what three hundred thousand followers, or half a you know, half a million followers. So the bottom line here, and and Joe, I mean, the, the takeaway message, at least from me, is uh, well, Jackie, I think she hairball, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, definitely. All right, um, but no, there is value. You know, I think I think that we need to look at them and and, and look at how they're everybody that has different uh, pers- perspective of of. Life and, and current events, and you can have different perspectives, even you know, based on the same facts. And I mean, it, for as many people, I want to speak out. Anybody who wants to start a YouTube channel or you know, an outlet where they can voice their own opinions, I think it's a good idea. You can never have too many opinions. You can never have too many people uh, sharing their opinions. When you have people that stop sharing their opinions, that's when you know the narrow-minded thinking comes in. Yeah. Kind of like uh, yeah. three major news networks were for you know thirty, forty, fifty years. They controlled the narrative, and as long as that happens, you're not going to get the um, the diversity of thinking and, and the brains working together. And a lot of times, you'll see something on a video, and I can pick up right from there. Uh, you know, and having not having heard that on the news, not having read that in articles, somebody throws something out, and you pick up right there, understanding what they're saying, and it leads you down a different path. So you just never know, and it's always good to have those those differing opinions. That's right. And, and Jackie, what, what what attracted you to to them? Because, uh, the, you know, we complain. Guys my age complain about Generation X or the you know your generation. Ah, oh, you guys aren't you guys aren't awake and you're just lazy. But you know, no, not not everyone. I can't. It shouldn't paint with that broad of a brush. But what do you what what, it, what kind of got your attention? I um, mean, isn't this kind of like the point of America to for everyone? I mean, everyone is entitled to have their own opinion. And everyone's entitled to whatever. But once you stop being respectful, that's when it becomes a problem. Yes. So when people are respectful in like a relatable way and a really nice way, which is what Diamond and Silk are, they're respectable and they're nice and they say, you know, don't hate, which is the whole point, which is why that's what I like. And, you know, people, you can have um, a different opinion but be rude about it and that's just not that's not, not what that's right. we should be doing like the people who walked out of Mike Pence's speech oh yeah you know that's graduation he was given a, a Notre Dame commencement uh, speech at, at Notre Dame graduation and students turned their back on him and walked out yeah quite, yeah. quite a few I think yeah. maybe three or four dozen yeah it's uh, it's pretty crazy so and, and you know what Jackie I think you're right too to the extent that um isn't it funny that the the very people who claim to be anti-fascists are the very people who are saying you can't talk or shut up, you know, trying to stop those people from from talking? But when you look at Diamond and Silk, you look at um, you look at people. Well, as you said, you know, they're they're very. I, I think I think very few people would disagree with them or could be disagreeable with them. Maybe their political ideology, but certainly not their approach. I guess is what I'm what I'm trying to say. I know yep. overall, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right, but but thank you, Jackie, for uh, 
you know, for for that and for coming on. I, I just thought they were they're they're great uh, great people. They're now, my favorite. It, I would love to like do a show like that. I think that'd be really cool. Exactly. Now, how many? I'm, here's my last question to you. Um, one thing I didn't ask you before the uh, before the show: How many videos have you seen of them? I mean, dozens. I'm I'm sure, right? Yeah, of course. What sticks out? The the one thing that sticks out about them to you? What I I mean, what I just said: the fact that they're respectable. Okay. And they're actually really funny. I I laugh at their videos all the time. Every video. I, I was searching for. I mean, I don't humor. <laughs> I sorry, Dad, but I don't really laugh at you. <laughs> I laugh. They're no, funny. No, wait a and second. I, she laughs at me. Okay. I do. I hear you know, yuck, yuck, yuck in the background. Uh, no, no, but, but it's right. It's their humor, and especially today in today's world, with all of the, the the junk that we're seeing and all the garbage that we're seeing out there, you need that humor, don't we? I mean, we need that humor. And you're you're right. It, it's that's what I was. That's what I was fishing for. Is that humor? All right. Jackie, thanks. Welcome. Folks, thanks for coming in. You're dismissed now. Three. And my neighbor. <laughs> Renee brought you down. Oh, my wife brought, her, brought him up. Okay. Nice. Okay. All right. We're keeping our eyes on the situation in Manchester, of course. Uh, and by the way, I want to thank John Robertson for setting that up, working so hard to set that interview up. Thank you, and thank you, Diamond and Silk. Send them a message on, on Twitter or Facebook. Just let them know you, you heard them or saw them on Hagman and Hagman. What a, what a great, uh, what a great team they are. Uh, we are keeping our eyes on that, that, uh, terrorist attack in Manchester. At least 20. Do you have a, do you have an upgrade, updated number? No, it's on the drive it says 20 plus dead. Right. Um, more than 50, yeah, more than anywhere from 50 to a few hundred injured. There are also reports of a gunman outside of uh, a hospital, uh, right in downtown Manchester. Right. Which I'm not sure if that's related to this or not. There was also reports of a secondary bomb being found in the train station. Okay. Uh, right behind the arena that was undetonated. And they are saying that this is a suicide bomber, obviously Muslim. And, we don't know what the status of, of any arrests being made. I, I don't see nothing, so I'm not sure. There was some arrests made, but there it's not confirmed or not whether it's related to the terrorist attack. And again, folks, you might have missed it in Manchester, UK, at a concert, Ariana Grande. Yes. At her concert, as soon as it was over, a bomb was detonated, a nail bomb was detonated inside the exit entranceways, apparently, where the box office thing is, where you buy right. your tickets. And um, just there's videos of the aftermath of the chaos of police coming in, of people bleeding, of people with blood on them that are you know circulating circulating around social media right now. But um, aside from the the 20 dead and the number uh, a massive number of injured, and this being a suicide terrorist attack, there is not much else being confirmed right now. So this will be an ongoing story. And if there was a secondary device. Uh, I also read tweets about the police um, in the in New York going on high alert and uh, elsewhere across uh, parts of Europe going on high alert because of this incident. I don't know if they have information that they think there's going to be another uh, similar like attack somewhere else, but that's I'm the sure way they've that got intelligence. Uh, you know, it's it's sad that, that as a, on the heels of, of Trump being in Saudi Arabia opening the new global counterterrorism center uh, that just happened yesterday, I believe, right. or today. 
and then him in Yesterday, Israel. And then he, then he flew from Saudi Arabia. And, and, and folks, that says a lot. The, Donald Trump as president flying from Riyadh to, to Israel has a lot of symbolic meaning behind it. In fact, I'm not sure if, we, and maybe uh, people can help me out on this. I don't believe any president flew, took that trip from Riyadh to Israel. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the symbolic part of that alone um, in today's modern, in the 21st century, Nobody's has impact. Flying, flying from Israel to Rome to meet the Pope. Right, right. So think about this. And my question is this, and I don't know how many people uh, have saw the video. I don't believe. Well, the, uh, the that's just to I me. Saw that's, it today. I don't know what that was. But but, but I'm I'm referring to uh, upon meeting the uh, King Abdullah, uh, so he didn't bow. I I didn't see him bow. Now he bent down when he was given that medal. That I don't believe that to be a bow. And of course. Uh, uh, his wife had actually shaken hands with the uh, Saudi officials, which is not traditionally done in Saudi Arabia. So he's not broken protocol, as the progressives would like you to believe, but he's actually, in my view, put his own uh, imprimatur, as, uh, or as I shouldn't say that, he put his own, um, uh, he made his own rules on this trip, I believe, and said, no, we're not doing this. We are not. So, so to those people who call President Donald Trump a misogynist or against women. Think about what he just did there. Think about uh, how Melania, uh, or uh, yeah, how his wife, uh, uh, the first lady, approached this trip and approached the dignitaries, in quotation marks, the Saudis, at this meeting. I think it sends out a terrific message, especially for those people who are, especially for women. I mean, this has a, a very pro-women. Uh, message. While, meanwhile, the Rachel Maddows, of course, of the world and, and her ilk will depict this as some sort of, uh, big gaffe or affront to protocol. When I believe in this case, in this case, I believe it to be deliberate and, and sending a message. Jackie, before you have to leave, you got about one, about one minute, less than a minute, I think. Okay. Because we don't have a program clock yet, Eric. Uh, closing thoughts on it, on, on things. Anything. Because um, you don't come on that often. I do not, but what do you want me to talk about? Well, direction, uh, here, here in the, in the, in the 60 seconds, you know that we're making changes. We're, we're, John's well, going to be coming in. Can I ignore that? And you can say whatever you want. I was just going to say about the concert bombing. Yes. If you were just talking about. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned this earlier, but I was at one of her concerts. Don't judge me, people. She's a good singer. Okay. I was at one of her concerts earlier this year. Um, and I just want to say that it could be any of us. Like, this could happen to any of us. It's scary, isn't it? We've got listeners in the UK. We've got listeners in Manchester, in fact. All over the world. Uh, Jack's uh, friend, Debbie, you know her. She's from Manchester. Yeah. That's scary. It's it's here, folks. It is in this country, and you're right, and I'm glad you pointed that out. It could be any one of us, because Islamic terrorism, and that's exactly what it is, Islamic terrorism, Mm -hmm. is in this country. And by the way, who created ISIS? That's right. That's right. I think, I, I do believe the United States and 
the Western intelligence agencies did or behind ISIS. Coming up, Steve Quayle, Dr. Dr. Michael. Michael Lake. And by the way, uh, The Shreeth Imperative, great book, his latest book, The Shreeth Imperative. I wrote the foreword to that. I'm very honored to, to be able to say that. Coming right up, right after this. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to MasterPreps.com. MasterPreps.com. Wow. Uh, MasterPreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journey's kit at www.trainchosenwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. This is from the Hagman and Hagman Report. Oh, have we got a great, just a fantastic segment lined for you, uh, program lined up for you, Dr. Michael Lake. 
uh, his latest book, The Sharif Imperative, and as I said, mentioned before, uh, I had the, the I'm humbled that to be able to have written the forward to that. One of the most amazing books out there, The Sharif Imperative is the latest book and he's working on another one and of course Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com Dr. Michael Lake and Steve Quayle before we get to uh, uh, Dr. Lake and Steve Quayle Minuteman Stoves folks get yourself a Minuteman Stove have you seen their new stoves have you seen their fire starter their array of cookware go to minutemanstove.com get their rocket stove take advantage of great deals with Minuteman their rocket stoves are second to none. They direct heat in exactly where you need it. It's a 50 caliber ammunition can that uh, contains refractory insulation. It stores clean. It transports clean. It's uh, virtually unbreakable. It's got a year's guarantee that uh, to date no one's ever taken advantage of. And it's currently serving with our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's an amazing device. Minutemanstove.com. Tell them you heard about this on the Hagman and Hagman Report. I'm going to toss it to you. You can bring our guests on and let's get to it. It's going to be about the Internet of Things, among others, uh, artificial intelligence and where we're headed, where we're at, actually. I'll turn the mic on. That might help. We have uh, two returning guests who are our favorites uh, on this show. Dr. Michael Lake from KingdomIntelligenceBriefing.com and Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com. Steve, are you with us? Yeah, I am, Joe. I'm excited about tonight. And i got to tell you, I was just just saying to Dr. Lake, I cannot wait to see what develops between you and Dr. Lake and and the audience and us. So, Steve, I'm going to kick it to you. Go ahead and uh, open it up. Well, one of the most important things going on right now, Doug, is obviously the Internet of Things, but it's man's attempt to displace God as the center of their universe and create themselves in the image of uh, what I believe the overriding force is the Lucifer factor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And tonight, Dr. Lake and I are going to be talking about the Internet of Things, the protocols of 5G, psychotronics or cytronics. And by the way, Dr. Lake will be one of the keynote speakers at the uh, Branson Conference a True Legends conference coming up September 15th, 16th, and 17th, and this is going to be an unusual conference because everybody who's there is an original researcher, and obviously we're focusing on where we came from, how we got to where we are, the entire realm of spiritual warfare, and where we're going to end up, and I'd like to make an announcement. Uh, uh, Henry Gruber will be joining us as one of the keynote speakers, too, and he'll be talking about uh, preparing the people for the supernatural outpouring of the spirit of the living God, but also share what it takes to have the power to overcome the evil one. So what's important is that people understand this, that we are in a battle that's been unimagined by Christians before us, and even most at this time in history. So Dr. Lake, thanks for coming on, and let's just take it. I told Dr. Lake on the internet, uh, or excuse me, in an uh, email, I said, let's hit the bottom line and work backwards, because I think, Doug, people are totally in the dark, especially Christians who are wanting to embrace transhumanism as believing that's God's will for us. Dr. Lake, take it, if you will, sir. I think one of the things that is really disturbing to me are many of the reports I'm getting with what they're planning with 5G, Internet of Things. Uh, You know, what we don't understand is they have a lot of things that they have had in the background that has been developed for a long time. They're planning in the next five to ten years 
to advance us technologically between 100 to 150 years. And that that's unbelievable to me. And when you begin looking at the dangers of what they have planned, they keep on talking about the global brain. And um, some of the things that I'm seeing, Steve, is, you know, even without 5G and what, what 5G is about, it's going to be low-orbiting satellites. That There will be thousands of them so that every square inch of planet Earth is covered with gigabit Internet connectivity. There will not be a place on the planet that you can go that you can escape from it. And they're planning on, when they're talking about the Internet of Things, they're literally bragging that within five years they're going to be able to embed artificial intelligence into your tennis shoes and that your tennis shoes will have a higher IQ than you do. Uh, the mechanism for control uh, is almost unfathomable. But one of the things that's concerning me, Steve, is simply the amount of information with the technology that we have today, just with smartphones, with us on the Internet. Uh, I read a report uh, just yesterday that, you know, they're, it, it's, it's not, they're not dealing with petabytes of information anymore, which is, is almost mind-boggling. They're having to deal with zettabytes of information, and it is so massive that they, they don't have the structure in place to keep all this stuff in the cloud and they have retrofitted semis that are nothing more than a glorified hard drive that they can haul this information that they're collecting of all of our activities on the Internet and begin feeding it into the system to begin developing the AI that they're hoping one day will become the singularity or their their own version of God. Well, I think, too, uh, Dr. Lake, it's, it's their attempt at omniscience. And even uh, with uh, Director Comey, ex-director of the FBI, Comey, saying even, they even know your thoughts, I, I think that most Christians do not understand, and um, probably not only Christians, but the majority of people on the planet, how they're going to either basically be assimilated or destroyed. You want to deal with that whole thought? Because you know there are discussions going on, going on between Christian singing people saying it's God's will versus those of us who are being uh, uh, Tom Horn, myself, you others who are writing against us, warning about this. We're, we're kind of, if you will, the transhumanist uh, worst nightmare. And uh, explain to people, if you would, uh, just exactly what that feels, especially uh, the ability to create an ELF field around the user. It's the ultimate mind control, extreme, extreme measures that can be taken. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that I, I did in my first book, uh, I show where uh, Dr. Bigich uh, was actually able to illustrate to those in NATO that he went to Radio Shack, gathered a few, uh, few instruments together, was able to place them on a person's body and project thoughts directly into their minds. Then later on when he was on a talk show, there was a researcher bragging that over television, over radio, over whatever mechanism, the Internet, that they had discovered a way of projecting information that would uh, that would manifest like it was in the center of your brain, and he said it was like the voice of God, that it was irresistible. These are some of the things they're working on. Now, when you look at the Internet of Things, and one of the things, uh, Steve, that really concerns me, and the uh, conference that they just had out in California, they revealed the fact that they have been placing these chips and appliances and, and other things 
for the last 30 years. Isn't it funny, Steve? So, and I didn't, pardon the interruption here, but Steve, isn't it funny when, when you were reporting on this, uh, what, 20 years ago, people yep. were laughing at you? Well, you again, Pipes and smoke. Yeah, I, I think I think what Dr. Lake is saying, you know, you know the old statement, Dr. Lake, we're toast. That may be true that most people even recognize because smart appliances have been monitoring us. But I, I think that what's critical, Doug, and for the listening audience is to understand. He, he just made a statement. Dr. Lake made a statement. Your shoes will be embedded with artificial intelligence and have a higher IQ than you do. Now, what's important is to understand we're being assimilated into the Borg. And so the global mind is, is becoming more and more pressing, and we are literally losing our identity as human beings. And that's the devil's ultimate goal, is it not, Dr. Like to absolutely show people that he can provide a form of godhood apart from God's salvation or his offer of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I, the, the, to me, it's an oxymoron for someone to say that they're a Christian transhumanist. And it's simply because their churches have completely dismissed Genesis chapter 6 and have no idea what it's talking about. Uh, I, I believe that many of the technologies that they're developing today are a different form of something similar to what they had in the antediluvian era. There was something that happened there. And I, I think it goes even beyond the uh, the genetics that there was something there that was so able to pollute the souls of men, the Bible reveals that their thoughts constantly were evil, that there was a mechanism of control that influenced every single human being on the planet except for Noah and his family. And I think this is the modern version of that techno-sorcery they had before the flood. And I, I, I think, too, it's it's critical for people to understand that, you know, you made this statement 100 to 150 years in advance. King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. That which will be has already been. And the advantage, or excuse me, and the advances that were in the antediluvian societies, i.e. before the flood of Noah and even before that, you know, the angelic civilizations possess such a phenomenal knowledge and that the secret if you will, rulers of this present age under the tutorial leadership of their fallen angel uh, progenitors are absolutely bringing this to pass at an accelerated rate. Would you explain, too, that, uh, you know, just obviously you're an educator, you write uh, curriculum. What is the most striking, if you will, uh, thing that even, excuse me, surprises you as, you know, an educator? I I mean, we're we're going into this thing by the, uh, we're we're hook, line, and sinker, are we not? We are, and I'm, I'm concerned by the level of mind control. Uh, that uh, far exceeds what we saw with MK Ultra, the Monarch Project. That you know, we we have just just look at the the protests at Berkeley or whatever. That you have these young college students that simply because they saw a somebody with a Trump T-shirt go into what appears to be an epileptic seizure, and you know you want to run over to them and begin casting out devils. There there is such a level of mind control. That they have done with this, with the, with the generation, they're not connecting to reality anymore. That, that, that there's something else that's pushing their buttons, and they're literally becoming what Sal Alinsky called useful idiots. 
and they're, they're trying to absolutely destroy Western society to create a new matrix of understanding for humanity. Well, and the new matrix is basically nothing more than you shall be as gods. Now, Doug, I don't know if you've got it. I sent you and I sent Dr. Lake, too, Korean photography of Wi-Fi. And what's interesting is uh, we all have it. We're at 4, you know, 4G now, 3G, but at 5G. And what was interesting is, is that Korean photography, did you have a chance to look at that, Doug? Yes, I did. Okay. In essence, imagine a rainbow of waves, like a net, a spider net, and they're swirling in different vortexes and vortices, and you're exposed to that. Well, Doug, instantly, and and I think I told this to uh, Dr. Lake, too, it brought to my mind the dying CIA agent's uh, testimony that I wrote in uh, Xenogenesis about the reason chemtrailing is being done is to destroy the barriers that God created through the frequencies of light and to keep out basically the shadow men and the you know we talk about basically the shadow government and everything else I don't think people understand how true that is so what I'm saying imagine uh, and Dr. Lake you read that years ago possibly but uh, you know the thing is is that now I see with 5G and I didn't even consider this until you sent me you know your kind of uh, take I always ask people I say okay I know what you've written just like me but what's on your heart and this is really what's on Dr. Lake's heart. So, Dr. Lake, seeing what you proposed with 5G and then seeing the Carillion, I'll pronounce it, Carillion, K-I-R-I-L-I-A-N photography, did, did it ring some bells instantly to you? Oh, many bells I, I, on, on several levels. Number one, I think they're trying to uh, transmute the color spectrum that God has placed on planet Earth. Uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting was the testimony of Henry Groover that once you get outside of our atmosphere, there is, there are, there is a greater color spectrum. God has done something to our atmosphere to create only an eight color spectrum, I believe, for the safety of humanity. And it, it connects to dimension zero and Tartarus and, uh, a lot of different things. And they're trying to do everything that they can, not only to, um, maybe free those that have been limited by God. But at the same time, Steve, I think they're trying to alter the consciousness of humanity. There is Our our present state of consciousness and and rationale that we have is actually connected to the resonance of the earth. It's called the Schumann Residence, which is 7.83, which literally can represent the voice of God, if you will. And that when astronauts leave the atmosphere... Uh, they actually have to have a Schumann resonator both uh, in the spacecraft and in their and in their gear, or, or it, it'll either kill them if they don't have it, or they'll lose their minds. They understand that if they can change our ability to um, to resonate with the Schumann resonance, it's, it's going to change our consciousness. And I have wondered if what they're doing with 5G and all the things they're putting into place, they're prepping us. Maybe instead of 7.83 hertz, they would love to set us up for 6.66 hertz, which could literally be uh, the the tune the Antichrist walks through and and the things that he's doing to to bring humanity more into line with him to where they can't even hear the voice of God. Well, and I think it's critical that people understand that sound uh, preceded light. God's voice said 
let there be light, and everything in Genesis is a command. And so, you know, in the old days when lasers were coming on, light amplification by the simulated emission of ra uh, radiation, or stimulated, I guess, and then masers, you know, microwave amplification, then what's happening, I, I think that people must understand, is there's a direct connection between sound or frequencies of matter. There's a direct uh, relationship between the ancients, if you will, the antediluvians' ability to use harmonic levitation. By the way, this isn't psychic stuff. This is physics stuff. And the point that is really critical is that now the gates of hell are literally open. And, you know, I've heard some, quote, scholars say, well, we've got that all wrong. I want you to explain to people the revelation that you've gotten on the gates of hell, because I think it's pertinent for people. You know, a gate can either hold something back or allow something through, but it's critical because even even in Jerusalem, the physical Jerusalem, uh, there are gates. But explain, if you would, your take on the gates of hell and exactly why, whether you want to get into the CERN, Dr. Lake, or go wherever you want, okay? The, the, the podium and the microphone is yours tonight. But again, you've got a massive amount of people dealing with particle physics, whether it's CERN or the other uh, the thing in Jordan called Sesame and kind of like a thousand one Arabian Nights uh, Ali Baba and his 40 thieves uh, basically the door to get the genie to appear you had to use the magic word open Sesame so uh, you know give us your take on the gates of hell because God said they're not going to prevail against us but we better learn that they're going to try and seek the Lord for the ability to deal against Go ahead, sir. Well, biblically, and, and when, you, when you look at ancient cultures, whenever they talked about the gates of hell within their gates, it wasn't just physical gates, that there were chambers within the gates that you would have the judges, the elders, the key leaders of a city. And so whenever you would talk about coming against the gates of something, it wasn't just the physical gates, it was all the, the councils of, of that city or that nation. And so when Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against it, he was actually speaking beyond where the disciples were when he said this with, at Mount Hermon, that the watchers, for the, the most of the leadership of the watchers were incarcerated. We know that from the book of Enoch. And so the early church never faced the full counsel of the gates of hell. In the last days, well, and I dealt with this in my, in my first book that there, there is evidence both technologically and with preparation of what the elite have been doing. They expected the watchers to begin to be systematically released around the beginning of the 20th century. And so when you deal with the gates of hell, um, you know, Jesus went to Mount Hermon, which was ground zero for the watchers. You also had the Grotto of Pan. You had the entrance to Hades there. Uh, you had Nimrod's fortress that was built on top of, uh, of there. And if you look at topographically at Mount Hermon, you will actually see on one side, you will see a goat's head in the topography. Many believe that that is the area that Azazel has been incarcerated by Almighty God. And so Jesus could not have chosen a more strategic place. But guys, we need to understand that when we're dealing with the gates of hell, we're dealing with Lucifer, we're dealing with the Nechesh of the garden, that seraphim that came down in his fire, we're dealing with the watchers, we're dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. And then what's interesting, what, what the Apostle Paul reveals in Ephesians 6, where he talks about 
spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's not dealing with an entity. That's dealing with what I call the iniquity force. It's Satan's black river of power that flows through the second heaven. That we're going to have to stand off and face all that and the technology and everything that that brings. And when you understand that rulers of darkness, cosmocrator, in, in the Greek, deals not only with a throne of power, but can actually deal with the, with the planets that are in our solar system. That when you begin dealing with higher spatial dimensions, you begin dealing with the second heaven and third heaven, that time is different because of, of the resonance of, of within those dimensions. They have, there, there's a different relationship with time. That when you get up to the third heaven, what it seems like a thousand years to us is simply one day to them there. Uh, in fact, I believe if you're in dimension zero, which is, which is hell, one day to us may feel like a thousand years to them. But also, distance is different. That's why, you know, when, when someone's translated by the Lord, God simply brings them up into the second heaven and moves them an inch and sets them down and they appear on the other side of the planet. So there can be things in the planets on a second heaven level that deal with the things that are going on here on earth. So things are, could get real sci-fi on us real quickly. And I, I think that's what they're counting on, is that we're not prepared for what's coming. D- Dr. Lake, I just have a question, if I may. Um, the second heaven to which you refer, is could you, would that also be um, analogous to a second or a, another dimension, or is that something different? It is. Uh, in, in, uh, on page 29 of my book, in the Sherith Imperative, I basically try to unify superstring theory in the Bible, and that when superstring theory tells us that there are 11 dimensions, 10 are dimensional, and one is temporal, and I suggest that there's actually one that they, they never count, which is dimension zero, which would have no expression within the physical realm, and that's where God would place hell. And okay. so we, we have, after the fall of Adam, when God placed that flaming sword, he separated the three heavens. We have access to the first heaven, which are three dimensions plus time. So when you go up higher than that, you get into the astral plane or the place of the second heaven. And then you go up even higher than that, you would reach into the third heaven. But what's interesting, it's like laying three sheets of acetate together. They all take up the same space, but depending upon how you resonate with the speed of light, that, that really causes you to have access to those different dimensions. Okay, I understand. And Denise, Mark, Jared, and Larry uh, from the United States, Canada, uh, the U.K., as well as New South Wales. There you go. Steve, I'm going to kick it back to you, sir. we got about uh, four minutes to the top of the hour. The reason this stuff is relevant is because Daniel was told by the messenger, the angel, uh, the Holy One that was, that Daniel was told to seal up Daniel, the vision for, he is yet for an appointed time. And Doug, my position on CERN and all particle reactors and all subatomic physics has been from the start of, uh, talking about it. Obviously CERN wasn't in the works 25 years ago, but the whole idea is to basically thrust mankind, uh, God gives people in, uh, time and space the potential to exercise their free will. 
And your free will is interesting. Imagine, if you will, uh, uh, and I'm going to use a word, a matrix. I don't mean this in any form of new age term, but just imagine a multi-dimensional chessboard and where every square intersects with another square, both above to the side of it, on top of it. That's your free will. What you determine and how you respond to the choices presented to you, and let's just call it this, time-space events determines the, uh, if you will, the ongoing pattern that's developed. That's why when people uh, either have a near-death experience or do have a near-death, an after-death experience, they say their whole life passed before them in an instant. When you take out time and space, you, you're dealing with eternity. And see, when we're talking about superpositioning, string theory, let me just make it easy. The most beautiful example of superpositioning in the Word of God is where Jesus said, if we're in him, you know, and, and the book of Acts said, in him we live and move and have our being. Jesus said we're seated in heavenly places, that where he is we may be also. And that's mind-blowing. That tells you that in order to occupy that realm of space, heaven, and eternity, and even the time we experience as a mystery, God has done something marvelous through the new world. You know, Dr. Lake, this is my number one uh, desire, is that when we talk about stuff like this on any radio program or interview, we put the wow for the living God back in people's hearts. We put the explosion of praise, how marvelous are thy works, O Lord, because we're, we've been fed, no offense, not, not even baby food, you know, I, I'd say this, when you when you put rats in a pulpit, you get nothing but rat poison, okay, and I'm not saying everybody in a pulpit is a rat, but I'm saying there are rats in the pulpit, and instead of feeding yeah. uh, God's people the true word of God, the bread of heaven and living waters, they're feeding people rat poison, so this is why it's critical that we talk about, it. like I've said many times, and Doug, you've heard it. I'm sure Dr. Lay, people can quote Ephesians 6, walk away and think that's spiritual warfare. What we're doing is warning. God says, surely he will do nothing except he reveals his secrets to his servants of prophets. Neither Dr. Lake or I are saying we're prophets. What we are saying, though, is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and he's the one who loves his sheep, and he's Amen, the one Steve. that gives us power. We're, we're up against the break. Folks, we're talking with Dr. Michael Lake and Steve Quayle. Um, we're going to be skipping the next break, so we'll have the whole next hour uh, to continue and pick up right where we left off. Folks, we'll be right back after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator 
to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. intelligencebriefing.com this will be the final break we take um, so the continuous uh, thoughts won't be interrupted by uh, by breaks we want to thank Global Star Radio Network uh, for their courtesy in extending us that option as well as uh, listeners on BTR thank you so much for listening thank you all for listening and being part of this in my view historic broadcast the information being provided by uh, Mr. Quayle and Mr. Dr. Lake are, is, is second to none. And this is key information. This is so relevant to what's going on today. And we can also look at the historical aspect of this as past as prologue, in my view. What's happened in the past is uh, destined for the future. No, nothing, uh, of course, changes prophecy. We're witnessing, in my view, prophecy uh, take shape. And uh, I can't think of two better people to have to lay it all out than uh, the two guests tonight. Uh, we are keeping our eyes on the situation in Manchester, Manchester Arena, 19 dead in the terror attack explosion at the uh, Ariana Grande concert. And it looks like 50-plus injured. And I do believe, based on those numbers, that uh, it was a homicide bomber. And the homicide bomber, of course, is uh, in pieces. And we're looking at, uh, of course, Islamic terrorism. I'm going to kick it right back to you, Steve. Thank you for uh, for waiting, but uh, you folks have you both have the rest of the hour. 
Well, thank you. And I'm going to turn it right over to Dr. Lake. And Dr. Lake, I just sent you an interesting um, question from my friend Cameron. He said, Dr. Lake just said, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places was iniquity force. He said, he basically wants to know if, if do you believe dark matter would be, uh, you know, the equivalent of uh, spiritual wickedness and why they want to, uh, to penetrate dark matter and prove its existence. You want to comment on that? I've had some people within the field say that even the um, the search for dark matter is actually kind of a a thing to keep us not focused on the right things. Uh, okay. That there's there's within within physics there's a bunch of stuff that they show us uh, to keep us going while they actually begin dealing with esoteric physics, which is the real power behind the scene. Uh, the iniquity force, which I write about extensively in the Shereth Imperative, is the when when Lucifer fell. His anointing was corrupted, and it became something new. That iniquity was discovered in him, and he created a new force that he empowers his kingdom with. And one of the things that I, I, I speculate in my book is one of the reasons why he had to have man. When man became embedded with the iniquity force, he became an iniquity force generator that the kingdom of darkness is actually feeding on us and, and you'll see throughout history there's ebbs and flows of iniquity. The only thing that can suppress it is the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. And that's one of the reasons they hate it so much. And it's even connected to, to the maturation and revealing of the son of perdition. And so, but everything Lucifer does, he does as a, as a, as a negative mirror image of the kingdom of God. That, you know, God has his divine counsel. Lucifer has his infernal counsel. There's a river of God. Well, there's a river of Lucifer that's called the iniquity force that uh, I demonstrate in my book that Masons and occultists have striven for millennia to learn how to master and to tap into that force. Well, again, I think that that it's really good because we become uh, progenitors. In other words, each generation becomes a recipient of the evil. Obviously, the Bible talks about the sins of the father, fathers visiting on down through multiple generations. Jesus said this in John one twelve. But as many as received him, Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior, I'm adding, obviously, Lord, say, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Why don't you explain real quickly the difference between power and authority, exousia and dunamis? Because I don't think people in the body of Christ understand. My number one concern, and I'll share it and you define it, is that we don't know who we are and we don't know how great our salvation is or, my, or our Savior is. You know, I remember years ago I was teaching on this in a little storefront uh, country church. And, you know, when you, when you look at the electricity that you have flowing through, uh, through the lines in your, in your home or in your office, that's dunamis. That, that's, that is a power force, and it can go all the way to a nuclear power plant. And so there's almost unlimited power behind that. But exousia is authority. And as I was preaching, we used to have those these um, uh, you know long shop lights that had the cords that you could pull and turn out a light. And I and it is preaching. It just it just came out of me. I reached up and I turned off the light and I said that switch is is exousia. That it doesn't matter how much power is behind that light bulb, if you understand your authority, you have the right to turn it off. 
And that's what we have. We have gained through Christ. Uh, I'm almost wanting to teach out of my book I'm writing now, because when, when you understand the three heavens, when, when God created the three heavens, it was the first reflection of the divine tabernacle, the three in one. The second representation of the tabernacle was man. And so man was created to function in all three heavens. Our physical body functions in the first heaven. There's a correlation of our soul with the second heaven. That's why a primar primarily spiritual warfare for the believer is done on the soul because principalities and powers can affect our thought life. And then there's the third heaven reality, which is the throne of God in the third heaven. When man fell, he was disconnected from the third heaven. When you get born again, you're reconnected there. And there's this dichotomy, there's this, this constant combat between the fire of the Nechesh, the, when that serpent in the garden was a seraph. He, he set that tree of fire and promised them illumination separate from that of God. And so you see this competition of fire of the fire of God and the fire of the Nechesh, or the Promethean fire, all throughout the Word of God. And Steve, what I love is one of the, one of the greatest examples of understanding our authority is Elijah on Mount Carmel. The prophets of Baal were not going to accept the challenge of calling down fire unless they had done it before. They were able to access second heaven realities and manifest fire from the second heaven. But when a man of God walked on the scene that was able to access the third heaven, the fire of the Nekesh refused to show up. That's authority, and that's a key to understanding where we're, where we're headed. God is wanting to activate us to understand our priesthood, to begin moving in kingdom authority so that we can begin functioning from our spirit. The third heaven trumps the other two heavens. And if we connect with that, we can shut down all of this, whether whatever the techno sorcery is, all the technology that is being given by the watchers are still first and second heaven principles. And the third heaven and the throne of God and the kingdom of God can shut it down as far as the believer is concerned. Well, and that's that's basic Bible, Doug, uh, Joe, and we, we, here's the thing. When when Scripture says we have boldness, therefore, brethren, to enter into the Holy of Holies through the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, that immediately, if you will, transposes us into the third heaven, does it not? Yet so many preachers will not even teach the flock. Number one, they can't teach what they don't know, but that's that's moving into the Holy of Holies. And when people realize that that's where the Ark of the Covenant is, that's where the mercy, that's where everything flows, is from the Holy of Holies. And so it's, you know, you can, you can watch, you can be taught on the tabernacle until you're blue in the face. You can be taught on the furniture, you know, things, items representing who and what they are. But the power of God is a transforming, if you will, expression of God's love for his people. And Dr. Lake, one of the things that I think is really important is here's here's something I want to I want to give a, a statement about the Branson conference. I think for the first time, and I don't do conferences. You speak at them all over. You know, uh, Doug's spoken at some. I think I've only spoken at one in my life. But what I was impressed on the Lord, uh, or impressed by the Lord, and really impressed, is that to give people the central 
battle theme in history, but also through the presence of, uh, you know, some anointed pastors, preachers, and teachers, of which obviously you're one, and Pastor Langford, I, I cannot uh, stress enough, ladies and gentlemen, that the impartation of power isn't a mindset. It isn't a 15 ways to acquire it. It isn't chanting against the moon or going on sleeping on somebody's dead grave, soul-sucking. Somebody asked me what I think about that. I said, well, my words are the same as Jesus. Let the dead bury the dead. If you're going into a graveyard to hang out with some previous dead evangelists, you're going to get more than you bargained for, and the previously dead evangelists are mighty man of God or woman of God, they're already with the Lord, and, uh, you know, graveyards aren't where Jesus is, his tomb is empty, but wacky stuff, wacky stuff has permeated the church where people will do, and, and forgive me, I don't like that word, has permeated those who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. Now, I know the word church, and I know ecclesia, and I know koinonia, I know the Greek terms. But also, what we don't see, though, is the power of God, like in the book of Acts, but even it will be greater, the glory of the latter will be greater than the former. So when we're talking about this stuff, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about things that are going to affect your lives. So in Branson, on the 15th, 16th, and 17th, Michael Lake, Dr. Michael Lake will be there, Derek Gilbert will be there, L.A. Marzulli will be there, Pastor David Langford, again, Henry Gruber is going to be there, Timothy Alberino, Anselm P. Rambla. We're going to have some, I, I, you know, Tom Horn is going to present Friday night. I'm t I promise you this, if you don't believe in, in uh, being blown out of this universe, you will when you listen to Tom. And then uh, we'll have time for each of the speakers to be out in the foyer. And if you've ever seen the mansion at Branson, it's got a huge place. It can literally handle 3,000 people in the foyer. So there'll be plenty of room and plenty of time to meet with the different speakers. And so i, I, I got to tell you, I believe this is going to be different. That doesn't mean it's better. It just is different because it's going to be an impartation of the power of God manifested. He sent his word and he delivered them and I believe that a lot of people are confused a lot of people are hopeless it's really easy to get hopeless in this day and age it's not right but we can get there people feel helpless but we're not left in this thing to fight amongst ourselves so in all the all of the uh, oh, different conferences you've spoken at I know we've talked about a little bit but you know that God is getting ready to move you want to share your perceptions on the empowerment of God's people he he sent his word and he healed them. Uh, you know, in essence, I believe this is that the command of Jesus for Lazarus to come forth is going to be heralded to his people in Branson, Missouri. That doesn't mean you got to go there to hear it. All I'm saying, I, I sense something unusual. I sense a powerful move of God. I sense a, if you will, a totally, uh, behold, I do a new thing, the Lord says. And so your thoughts, if you would. You know, a while ago you touched on, we know, Daniel, that there were certain things sealed up. And, and it says that men will run to and fro on the earth, and knowledge will increase. When you read that in the Hebrew, it's the knowledge. And there's a specific knowledge. And I, I think what we're seeing and what, what's getting ready to happen, Steve, is not only are the watchers releasing their knowledge uh, to, the, to the mystery religions to add to the things they've been, they've been carrying and using to manipulate uh, civilization since the Tower of Babel. God is getting ready to release knowledge 
in such a way that the body of Christ has never been able maybe to put the pieces of the puzzle together the way that they should have before. Uh, God has been speaking to me so much about the fire of God. Uh, in the new book that I'm writing on the kingdom priesthood, the, for the believer, the fire of God has to function within within our, our outer court, which talks about the, the brazen labor. The, the, you know, if we will live a life that is crucified with Christ, then we can move into really the Holy Spirit illuminating the holy place. So the fire of God is meant to operate in all three areas. And where we're headed is for that pillar of fire to fill our spirit, that the holy of holies, that the throne of God has been reestablished. Uh, Steve, when I when I read the account, you know, after when when Jesus died and the veil was rent, I've heard preachers forever say, "Well, that was the God declaring that He got out," but they need to realize that the tabernacle, when Jesus gave His life on the cross, was a perfect shadow picture of hu- of fallen humanity because the holy of holies was empty, the Ark of the Covenant wasn't there. Even the priest, when he would bring in uh, the blood of the lambs to to sprinkle on the altar, he was sprinkling it into nothing. It was empty. That when God rent that veil from top to bottom, he was declaring, I'm getting back in. And when the fire of God filled the tabernacle and that shaft of fire came up out of the Holy of Holies, all the pagan mystery religions feared Israel. And God is about ready to replicate that in the lives of the remnant today. We're going to learn how to use the fire of God in our priesthood to affect us spirit, soul, and body. And that's what the enemy fears the most. Amen. It's, you know, uh, the devil's working overtime to reveal to his, I mean, and let's say this, uh, you know, based on the raucous boldness of the profession of uh, the lead whatevers of the day, whether they're actor Satanists, whether they're singer Satanists, whether they're devil wood, whether they're, uh, you know, devil Washington, devil D.C., no matter, the whole world lies the evil one. And see, this is a question I have, Dr. Lake, and it's not a question that that I'm, I'm posing to you, but it's a question I'm posing to the people of God. The scripture is clear to as many as receive him, Jesus gives he the power to become the sons of God, but we are nowhere near. I think you made a statement that, well, we should be basically PhDs in spiritual warfare. I mean, you know, we're still pacifiers and, uh, and, and bottled milk, are we not? In other words, we're babies. Steve, I think that's been done on purpose, that for the last 100 years, at least, okay. uh, the mystery religions have been dumbing down our education, dumbing down our theology. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times, even with what I do with Biblical Life TV, I don't, I, I'm not really going as deep as I'd like to go. I mean, there's, there are places I, I like swimming on the deep end of things. Uh, but I hear people say, listen, I've been listening to you for a month, and I've learned more in one month than I have in the last 10 years in my church because we're not taught. We, we should be able to stand on the shoulders of the previous generations and go deeper and go higher in God. Yet when I read Pember or I read Andrew Murray or I read Spurgeon or there's so many other great men of God of past generations, we're in preschool compared to where they were in their generation. And that was done on purpose by the mystery religions to try to cripple the bride of Christ. 
And so one of the things that I believe, and that's why conferences like in Branson are so important, is God is getting ready to release a supernatural anointing for spiritual growth and understanding of the kingdom. He's going to bring us to where we need to be and undo the damage that they've done to us. Amen. And he's going to grow people up. You know, I get a lot of emails, so many that I can't possibly even respond to them. But the, the one thing that's interesting is, is that I see the scripture being fulfilled, that hungry hearts who are coming to the Lord, you know, in the last couple of years or even the last couple of months, they're being, if you will, accelerated in their knowledge and revelation. And I tell, I tell people this, listen, if you want to know about the end times, you're, you're witnessing the promise that God gave. It's like the parable of those who went to work for the master. The ones that started early in the day got paid a set wage, but the ones that came late in the day got the same wage. In other words, I'll put it into real easy, non-hermeneutic or homiletic terms. Uh, you know, those are two twins that basically most Bible studies should, uh, or Bible schools should redefine. But anyway, the official way of declaring it in the simply this is God's going to do what he said he's going to do in his word, and he's going to do it through his people who simply believe God is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. So I'm excited to see that the people that came late, in other words, those were just giving your hearts to Jesus. Let me give you a great word of release tonight. You're not going to lack in understanding. You're not going to lack in being able to deal with this stuff. God is going to accelerate your growth, your understanding, and your position. In other words, only God can do what I'm saying. But, you know, I get a lot of people, well, you guys have been at it for a long time. I said, yeah, because that's, 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 it took us this long in God's purpose and, and, uh, you know, destiny for our lives to basically uh, be where we need to be. But he's enabled us through all we've gone through to bring you immediately to the place we're at. And is there an easier way to explain that? I mean, that is such a mind-boggling statement. You know, you're a linear guy, so if there's a better way to say that, take, take your, uh, your linguistic ability and do it. Because, in other words, you're not going to be lacking anything. If you're a new Christian, if you're just new to the things of the Holy Ghost, God's going to get you where you need to be at the time time you need to be there, and listening to this kind of stuff, look, obviously the 1% of uh, believing Christendom, maybe whatever percent listens to us, that isn't representative to all Christendom, but the hungry hearts will be fed. Is there a better way to say that, Dr. Lake? What, what I'm saying now, you know, you're talking to someone who has spent the last 34 years training aspirants of gospel ministry, and I have had trouble getting preachers to read, okay? I mean... <laughs> I, I want to pull out my hair sometimes. It's like, oh, I got to read a book and write a report. Since coming into this, after after I wrote the Shiner Directive, there is an insatiable hunger among the remnant. Steve, you can't write fast enough. I can't write fast enough. I can't teach enough to keep them from not being hungry. They're, they're, I'm seeing. I, I am seeing. Uh, people that either just woke up spiritually that they have been dead in church forever and just woke up the last year or so or just got saved the last year or so that they are more advanced in their understanding of the word and the kingdom than many of the ministers that are filling pulpits today there is that type of an accelerated growth going on 
Amen. And and hunger, Jesus promises when we're hungry, we get fed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is why I want you to go, and I'm serious, uh, we're trying by the grace of God just to believe the Holy Ghost to go out and tap people on the shoulder that he wants there. But Gen 6, G-E-N-S-I-X, conferences, plural, dot com, Gen6conferences.com. And again, one of the most important things about this thing is I know almost every everybody and you know that's there obviously i got to pray and seek the lord and and pretty much put a team together but you're getting a lot of years of uh miraculous uh stuff in henry gruber's walk and david langford uh you're getting uh, dr michael lakes 34 years trying to teach people how to read i can tell you this when you present them the book of life and it's interesting because I'll be contrasting, contrasting the Book of Life against the Egyptian Book of the Dead. You know, when we talk about the shadow government, we talk about the shadow masters. These are really, truly dead people walking because they walk with the Prince of Darkness. And Jesus said there is no light in them. So I want everybody who's really been, you know, pondering. I don't know, and again, Dr. Lake, I don't do conferences, but this one is a unusual conference, again. Gen 6, G-E-N-S-I-X, conferences, with an S, dot com. And it'll tell you who's going to be there, what we're going to be talking about. And, you know, it's interesting because even some of the people are now starting to say, you know, I've been waiting on something that God's told me to hold my peace and uh, for so many years. In other words, the smart people don't dump what God puts on their heart immediately. You'll hold it until God releases it. Nehemiah, neither told I any man what God had placed within my heart to do. And, and I, I think I have a great understanding of that. It's because when God plants a seed and you water it in faith, at the time of its uh, fruition, and it comes to pass and God will get a harvest. Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus said, you know, Mary hid in her heart the things that the angel of the Lord had spoken to her about. There's so many times, but when people are uncertain, you never, as, an, as a believer who's getting something from the Lord, the last thing you're going to do is go and ask a bunch of unbelievers what they think. I've seen that protocol too many times in my life. Have you seen it too, Dr. Lake? God speaks to someone, gives them a word. They don't let it, uh, 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 what would you say, gestate in their mind, in their heart. They don't plant it with water. And then basically the first unbeliever says, well, you're crazy. You made that up yourself. I can't tell you how many wonderful dreams and visions and thoughts of the 139th Psalm that God has given to people only to share it with unbelievers. I'm going to give somebody a real practical tip here. If God's spoken to you, you do not share it until he tells you to share it, and he'll tell you to share it. When he tells you to share it, it'll bring forth fruit at that time. But I think this is critical for people to understand. If it's taken you 34 years to uh, you know, uh, teach people how to read, and, and that's, that's the society we live in now. They have overstimulated our brains so that most people, and I can say this, most people don't read like our fathers or our forefathers or our ancestors read. The average school child in the 1890s, you, you know, PhDs couldn't answer the questions they had. 
not all PhDs, but the majority. So again, this is critical. So what has the Lord shown you as to how you see this playing out in light of 5G, in light of all that's going on, singularity, AI, artificial intelligence, uh, robots, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, quantum transform, creatures of multi-dimensions coming into our dimension. In a nutshell, you, you, you basically, there's the gospel of the kingdom and there's the power of God. That's the thing that you're trying to get people to understand, is it not? It is. We're going to see things that are going to be right out of sci-fi movies. Um, I have been hearing, and I've had uh, three or four uh, witnesses come to me. None of them knew each other. In fact, two of them were ex-military. Uh, that told me that they, you know, when when the Russians began developing Cytronics, uh, part of it was to you know develop an attack to influence minds, but another part of it was to develop psi ability that could be electronically induced. And some of the reports that I'm getting is the ability to use technology to open the third eye to where they can see everything in the second and first heaven instantly. Uh, the ability to use two-way telepathy within a closed uh, area, uh, to be able to project holographic images far beyond what they ever imagined with Project Bluebeam, that it, it takes the uh, leading of the Holy Spirit to know what's real and not real. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that they're getting ready to, to release on us. Uh, I, I think that, that 5G and the global brain, I think that all the data they're, that they're doing every time that you go on a search engine and search something, you're feeding them programming artificial intelligence, which, which right now is a mechanism of control. I know, Doug, you know, with, with the Hagman Report and many other uh, alternative news agencies, you're constantly fighting with AI programs that try to get you out of the view of people. Yes, bots, that, that, that's, yep, a, yep. That, that's a mechanism of control. But what are you going to do when your shoes start telling on you? You know, that you, you have all these things, this mechanism of control, and the whole time they're gaining information to feed to create the singularity. And I believe the singularity, I don't think we're going to have an electronic AI that develops sentience. I think what they're going to end up probably doing is creating a bioelectronic mainframe that a watcher is going to be able to possess, and they're going to hail it as the, as the singularity. But all these things are going to be going on. But, guys, the kingdom of God is greater that when we learn how to walk in who we are in Christ and, re and, and, and really learn the battle, most Christians think that, that wearing the armor of God is going and, and quoting Ephesians 6. It's not. That, if, that, if that's all you do, you're entering the battlefield in your BBDs. The Apostle Paul wrote extensively before chapter 6, I've got to put on Christ. I've got to learn who I am in Him and begin walking in it. Because the armor of God can only be established where the character of Christ has been established in my life. And when I get it there, I am literally wearing the armor of God in this battle. And what I need on the inside is the fire of God, so that when the devil looks, he sees fire coming out of the eye ports. That's when the enemy begins to fear. And I, I believe before the Lord comes back, that the body, we do not need the rapture to get us out of here before we get our heads beat in. We have the, the, the catching away of the body when we have stood toe to toe with everything of the kingdom of darkness and held our own 
and prove the authority that is in Christ. And God says, okay, you have finished it. You, you have matured as much as you have that you can mature. It is now time for you to be the wife and not the bride. And so there, there's going to be this supernatural acceleration in growth. And I, I think that's where these conferences come in, Steve. What I have seen in, in uh, the last couple of conferences that I've been at is you have this, you have this wide range of speakers. And, you know, some of them I know, like Rez Dizdar and, and L.A. Marzulli, and some of them I know. Some of them I have never met before. But when you took all the sermons in the sequence that they were given in that conference, it, it was paradigm shifting for those that attended. That they walked out of there with some real armament. They walked out of there with, with God changing their attitude and their understanding about the kingdom and their understanding about the times that we are in. It is, it's not just a gathering so that we can say we had a little church. There is real equipping going on that will affect them spirit, soul, and body. And that's what we need in this hour. Well, so, and, so and I think, needed. too, it's like the doctrine of laying on of hands. The problem is people have entrusted their lives to the wrong hands, and instead of, you know, uh, lifting people up, I said, anybody that you put your life in their hands, and I say, don't do that unless God, you know, uh, tells you. And, and I, what I'm saying is lifting up holy hands is a true minister, a true man of God will put the people before the Lord. He will never put himself before the Lord. And that's what the intercessors do. That's why God said, I'm looking for somebody to stand. I'm paraphrasing. I'm looking for some, someone to stand in the gap and to, to make up the hedge. And so that's what that's what I see happening. But I see it, too. In an accelerated way, uh, Dr. Lake. And again, I see the theme, okay, is changing. So when I hear from uh, Speaker A, B, or C, or Pastor Langford, who's, you know, been fasting, uh, multiple fasts, and look, he doesn't do it so people can say, oh, look at him. He's not a Pharisee. The guy hears from heaven. Henry Gruber walks in heaven, literally. And then God takes him to the furthest part of the Milky Way. You've heard his testimony and his DV, or his, uh, interviews we've done. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, those will all be available on a DVD for Henry, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, make available at Branson. But again, what is important is this. When you put out a book, you put out a book, Dr. Lake, it is a time-sensitive key to something. In other words, you didn't put it out five years ago. You may not have had all the understanding five years ago. What I'm learning right now is, is that, believe it or not, surely the Lord God will do nothing except he reveals his secrets to his servants of prophets. I talk about the testimony of Jesus. Never have I claimed to be a prophet, nor do I now. I'm not. But what I can claim and do claim is, is that God is not going to leave his people without a witness. And it doesn't matter if 99% of the people say, gee, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, mate with a robot. And I want to deal with something. And, dog, I think this is critical. The first robot that I can find in history actually that would qualify as a robot, uh, Talos, T-A-L-O-S in Greek. Some people say Talon, but, or Talos. But the point is, is whichever way you pronounce 
pronounce it, 100 feet. It had a substance that energized it, Icor. The Greek gods or demigods, in this case, fallen angels, gave them, if you will, an artificial blood-like source. And this thing was a giant that basically walked on the earth. Some people believe it was the Colossus of Rhodes. But that's 400 B.C. Now, let's talk about this, Dr. Lake. You know, I've even heard Christians say, well, inanimate objects can't be demon-possessed. Oh, yes, they can. And again, when you talk about, you know, uh, the age of spiritual machines, which Ray Kurzweil wrote, I don't think people get it. What happens when a robot, you know, is programmed to operate, let's say, on a neural network that's composed of uh, silicon and composed of uh, lasers, etc., anything they put into the robot, but then a supernatural demonic entity takes over. It's Terminator Plus. It will become the Terminator for most of humanity on the planet. Save the grace of God who raises up his warriors, his people, his his intercessors to challenge this stuff. So when people say, oh, this whole robotic thing, yeah, you know, it's just a whole new fad. No, it's not a new fad. It was a supernatural evil introduction and presentation to the world 400 years B.C. So as we deal with robotic, and, and I said this too, I remember talking, I don't know how long you listen, and this is reminiscing, but for a purpose, I remember talking about robot sex, and boy, that in those days, you didn't talk about aliens and fallen angels and the sexual corruption of the human race and expect to be invited to an assembly god or church of god speaking engagement, okay? But isn't that what we're seeing every day someplace? And again, if people will go even the next step in their thinking process, that's the end of human reproduction. And with all of the test tube uh, uh, reproduction, or I would say initial production, these uh, scientific, what I would call surrender rights, are absolutely doing what the ultimate goal of uh, the Illuminists, the Luciferians, the global Satanists, is the utter destruction of the seed of man. And Jesus said, if he didn't shorten the days for the elect's sake, those days would, it would come. There would be no flesh left alive. How have you looked at that now, let's say, in the last six months or a year differently than you may have looked at it two years ago? Well, you know, I want to touch on something that uh, that you commented on uh, in bringing this together. Demon spirits want to inhabit flesh. There are elemental spirits that the Apostle Paul actually refers to in the book of Galatians that they inhabit or they attach themselves to physical objects. And so we're dealing with both, in fact, somebody that's affected by an elemental spirit You'll see the scratches or the bite marks from the outside on them, and it's from the outside and not the inside. And so it's really easy to understand how that these things can attach themselves, uh, and, and, and these robots will serve as golems uh, for these spirits. I mean, it, it's, it's real easy. Uh, you can even go back, and if you think a robot is, is far-fetched, I document in the Sherith Imperative, that uh, according to Indian text, the the antediluvian area where, where God caused the Titans to fight against each other, they were using nuclear weapons. And there is physical evidence, there's a type of Egyptian glass that existed in the days of the Pharaoh that is sand that has been melted by nuclear fusion that predates the flood. 
And so if they were using nuclear weapons before the flood, you know that they had many things like this that have gone on throughout history. And we've just not been aware of it. And so there's nothing new under the sun. They're bringing it all back. And if they can create a neural net that can tap into the second heaven, then you can have these these uh, these beings, if you will, these constructed synthetic beings can become avatars for principalities and powers and watchers and many different uh, types of entities. In fact, I think that's what the greys are, uh, that they're, they're biological, mechanical avatars for the watchers. And so they're just wanting to take it another step and create something more powerful. Doug, do you want to comment on that? They're placeholders then, right? Is what you're saying? Well, you know, it, well it's, it's like online. You know, if you create a an avatar of yourself, then you're able to do things in cyberspace through that avatar. And so by creating these, these mechanisms that they can they can use them as an avatar, then they can function in the first heaven and, and get what they want done and influence people. And everybody thinks it's a miracle, it's a technological miracle or marvel or, or whatever the false prophet is cooking up. Uh, but there there is an agenda uh, behind it that has second heaven realities connected to it. Okay. And and that I can I can wrap my brain around. And Steve, I'll tell you something. You look at the the, the course of events over the last two decades as you've been reporting on this. Uh, it's it's well, it's amazing to to see everything unfold as you have been reporting. I, I don't want to say predicting, but but you know pushing forward. It's amazing. Well, I, I think that, again, when God gives different people parts of the jigsaw puzzle, or in my illustration of time, you know, may not be the best illustration, or maybe somebody can come up with a better uh, diagram, but when I think of a multi-tiered, almost an infinite-tiered, uh, uh, you know, uh, chessboard, and every point of contact between one square, and by the way, uh, there is no time in this thing. It's infinite in all dimensions, but you see it, you see the pattern, and look back, you know, I'm sure, Dr. Lake, you remember when you were 15 years old, Doug, you remember when you were 15 years old, I remember when I was 15 years old, but looking back now, 51 years later, I'm going, but it, it's as I dreamed a dream, and then I see that, look, if we're, leave, if we're living life and we're seeing all this stuff at the time, and uh, Dr. Lake was talking about being able to uh, step out into the second heaven and perceive the the past and the present and the future. One thing that I, and this is a question I'll answer for everybody, they have tried. They can view it, but they cannot interfere. There is a God-given mandate that uh, you can see it, and you can try to influence it, but you can't accomplish it. Would you agree with that, Dr. Blake? Absolutely. You know, the, the Bible says that if, if Saint knew, he would not have crucified the yes. Lord of glory. And, and so, if, if Lucifer cannot go back in time, uh, I think that when God cre- when God said "Let there be light," He created the temporal dimension, and He required He requires all immortals and mankind. We have to go linearly through time. Just, I mean, they have to do it the same way we do. God limited the the battlefield, and only He fills all time and space. 
That's very well stated. And, 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 and again, this is this is critical. It's not just theoretical physics. It's not just quantum physics. It's the things that we can understand. I'll give you a good example. Most people have who are in video game world, and to the record, I want to make this clear, I've never played a video game. My attention span is probably 38 seconds, and that won't get the job done. To me, it's boring. I don't get into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too pragmatic. Never have. But what I'm learning, and a lot of gamers who I have no issues with, okay, none. I just want to let everybody be, you know, free. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But what they are telling me is they're saying, Steve, these guys are writing scenarios right out of your coast-to-coast, and I'm not taking credit for this, coast-to-coast discourse or uh, appearance, you know, 10 years ago. Well, here's the thing. Artificial or virtual reality virtual reality takes over empiric reality and in that virtual world and I, I, I notice it every day I'm conscious of it that people have their iPhones so in the world of extreme or electromagnetic extreme low frequency extreme high frequency carrier waves you know parallel waves all the stuff they've got they've got more forms of wave energy than most of us even understand and I don't think, Doug, most people realize this, but when, and and Dr. Lake alluded to this, when you're making a call, when you're typing, uh, you know, I I said this, out of the abundance of your thoughts, your finger type. Obviously, you said out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. They're building algorithms. Every single one of us has an algorithm. And I said that on your show probably 10 years ago. You remember the flack I got? So, Dr. Lake, why don't you explain to people how an algorithm is being built on everything they think, do, and say in the Internet they were on today, tomorrow, next day, the phone call they made today, yesterday, or tomorrow. Explain to people what, how this algorithm is, in effect, going to be used against them by knowing just about everything, the devil's attempt at omniscience, and then playing that against them. Do you understand? They're going to use you against you. Everything that we do online, whether, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, all these different things, uh, they were funded basically by the CIA uh, to put into right. place. Everything that you do, you're shopping, what makes you buy things, what makes you mad every time you like something on Facebook, is all going into predictive algorithms. And the more information they get, the more they're able to observe, and then they'll tweak the system to see if they can control what you do. And if, if you get enough of this information in, in AI algorithms, you can develop something called predictive algorithms, that it, it takes the Hegelian dialectic to a new level. They know exactly, or they're, they're, they're trying to learn exactly the right buttons to push on you to make you do anything they want you to do. And I, that's why I was sharing about, you know, the, the girl that saw the Trump T-shirt and, she began having almost an epileptic seizure or a a temper tantrum. That was programmed into her. You know, to make someone who's in their 20s to act like an absolute fool, that they had to go into a quiet place and be given Play-Doh and crayons to calm them down. That there there is a psy-op going on. That they're, they're trying to figure out exactly how to manipulate 
Christians, non-Christians, no matter what your religious background is, or, or whether you're an atheist, what is the best way to, to manipulate you? Because that is that is the very core of saucer, sorcery, is to be able to manipulate people and to manipulate reality. And they're, they're doing it technologically today. And so we, we've got to be very conscious of that. I, I, I saw a presentation by um, oh, one of the guys that, McAfee, that invented some of the original uh, uh, antivirus software. He, he carries a flip phone. He will not even use a smartphone because he doesn't want them constantly collecting all the data on him. They collect enough. They can predict everything you're going to do. And the only way to get out of that box is to be led by the Holy Spirit, which will cause you to do things other than what your normal carnal nature will do. Right. You've got to be led by the Spirit. You cannot be led by habit. And, you know, here's the thing. Um, and I, I wish I could explain this to people easier. And I, I can't. Doug, if you want to do this, it's like assassination profiles or algorithms. When when the abomination that made this nation desolate was president, and that's what I called him when he the first year of the Obama nation, the abomination that would make desolate, by allowing all the people he put into the intelligence, uh, all the people he put into the military, all the people he put in Department of Homeland Security, they had access to everything. So if you are planning a, if you will, uh, just like um, Albert Pike's World War III, you're going to turn the Muslims against the Jews against the Christians, and all the Christians are already in that profile. You know, Dr. Lake, I can't explain it any simpler than this. They know who to kill when the time comes, except the Lord build the house. We labor in vain, vain who build the house. That's why it's so critical to walk in the Spirit. You cannot walk, and this is, I'm speaking to myself now, Steve, listen to what comes out of your mouth. You cannot walk by your old thoughts, your old ways, your old perceptions. You're trying to second-guess the powers of hell. You cannot use your own wisdom because, as Scripture says, the way that's right for a man or woman doesn't lie with them, them. And so the algorithms can only be offset by the Lord Jesus Christ and putting on the helmet of salvation, you know? It's like it's like praying consistently and praying uh, without ceasing because one thing that gets these guys torqued is when you're starting to praise God and worship God it's not like the devil wants to amplify that and uh, record it in stereophonic so again Dr. Lake it's it's critical that people understand we're not talking about theoretical physics putting it into a Christian context we're talking about life and death and the very uh, control of all the world's money is designed to do one thing and Jesus made it simple. If the days weren't shortened, there'd be no flesh left alive. And when the devil's done with his dupes, they go too. You want to respond? Yeah. And the only way to bypass all this, Steve, is we have got to start getting back into the Word of God, renewing our minds to the Word of God, and, and rediscovering how to meditate in the Word, because there, there is a promise that it is, it is for the salvation of the soul that there is a transformation of the soul that occurs when I, when I approach the Word of God with meekness and allow it to be engrafted in me. It changes the way that I think. It changes the way that I respond to life, and it causes my soul to align with, with my spirit 
so they can work together to function for the kingdom of God. And we, we have lost the art of that, but there, it's time for us to return to these things. I've even found out that when you properly meditate in the Word of God, not only are you using crystallized intelligence, which is, you know, learning hermeneutics and different things with the Word, but when you meditate in the Word, you're beginning to develop something called fluid intelligence, which helps you problem solve and recognize patterns, whether it's patterns in the Word, patterns of how the enemy is attacking you, or patterns of how to function in the kingdom of God. And so it, it, it's time to return back to some of the basics and let God inject it with supernatural steroids to bring us to where we need to be. Well, at, 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 and Doug, um, you know, let's just say this. Look at what's gone on, and this is relevant, to the Seth Rich murder. We have every indication of premeditation, of the order being given, of everything, and there's a complete, with the exception of Sean Hannity and Fox, blackout on this. In other words, murder is the order of the day, and people do not want to own up to it, because virtual reality crybabies, okay, we'll call those VRCBs, okay, uh, you know, might as well give them an initial. I'm telling you, playing in the sandbox with crayons, we're to pull on and put on the full stature of Jesus Christ. And and again, what you're seeing now is a con- look. We're we're being told, go ahead and let the Muslims have all the women and and produce all the children. But you know, you guys better get your sexuality straight. I mean, you know, uh, normal sex is out. Sex with robots is in. Again, everything designed. And I guess I. Somebody says, well, you see everything through transhumanist glasses. I said, no, I see everything through the eyes of Scripture, and I see exactly what the transhumanists are doing. You know, they hate humanity. They hate God. And and this is something, Dr. Lake, I wish, and I and forgive me, I don't wish. I pray for the revelation that God will give to his people what incredible creations we are due to his incredibleness that he would send himself in the form of his son to pay the price for our sin that blew my mind away as someone that never heard a word about Jesus but that God would punish himself for me I thought how could anybody turn against that deal I knew I couldn't save myself I couldn't I couldn't do anything to, to help myself so I think it's critical that people understand again I want to reiterate this and then feel free to take it and close it out, Dr. Lake. Doug, Doug, how many minutes do we have? We've got about eight minutes, Steve, seven minutes. Okay. And, and, and Doctor, don't worry about turning it back to me. I'm going to make a statement, then you can close it out as however the Lord leads you. But we have yet to even begin to experience the true power of God as manifested in the Word of God. The glory of the latter will be greater than the former. Even those of us who came out of the Jesus movement or were supernaturally born into the kingdom of God or had God uh, literally ransom us out of the world, we still haven't seen anything yet. I use the word ink, but you know that people can't separate when I use that out of joking versus correct English. They wanted me to go back to college. The point point is, I didn't make it very well in there, so I don't want to go back. The point being is that, that we are yet to see, you know, and all creation is travailing. And I want to share something about the animal nature. When sea lions are jerking little girls off of the uh, P-51 
here and to thank God someone was brave enough to jump in the water I noticed other people stood around as the great white sharks are pooling on uh, the coast of California off of San Clemente I used to dive on Catalina so I'm pretty familiar with those waters and uh, you know Patty if you're listening you remember the days of diving in uh, the Catalina and even the Farallon Islands but the point being is, is that the nature of animals changing I mean you've got now you've got wild animals roaming in the suburbs you've got people uh, having more encounters and there's no food left in the ocean and I'm telling you guys when Fukushima went off the mainstream media will be complicit in retrospect with hiding the greatest disaster, and I believe it was man-made. I'm on record as saying that, so I'm not going to pull back. And doing nothing. You're seeing the literal one-third of the life in the sea dying. Well, isn't that biblical? You better believe it is. You're seeing the very plans of evil for the destruction of all humanity and all the genetic Armageddon, genetic manipulation leading to genetic Armageddon. So please ponder this. You need to be equipped. And that's what the purpose of any conference, like the True Legends Conference, Gen 6 Conference, that's the purpose of Doug Hagman's show. The more information, it's not just that you might have information, it's that you might have a battle plan and you might have the power to basically go forth in that which God has called you to do. And again, fear not for those of you who have come just recently into the kingdom of God, because he's going to grow you up really, really fast. Dr. Lake, thank you for letting me, and I'm listening in, but I want you to go ahead and close it out in any way the Lord leads you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I, I want to end with Daniel chapter 11, verse 23. This is one that I have written on the front of my Bible be, because it's our future. And this is at the height of the Antichrist power. And it says, The such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And that's talking about where we're headed, who we're supposed to be. The word there, strong in the Hebrew, is kazak, which means to be strengthened, to prevail. And then it uses a military term, hardened, that we become a hardened target, that we become hard to control, that we become hard to kill. That That, that is the destiny of the remnant, that the enemy can't touch us until God is through with us. And then it goes on to say that they will do exploits. And that Hebrew word literally means they will be able to do, to fashion, to accomplish supernatural things at their will because they're so in sync with heaven. Friends, that, that's what God is calling us to do. It's time for us to up our game. God is, is requiring us to learn to become special forces in the kingdom of God. That's why I'm writing all the books that I'm writing. That's why Steve's writing all the books he's writing. That's why we're having conferences and why God is moving. He is going to supernaturally equip us. And the, the whole key thing to this verse is those that know their God, those that are passionate about God. When we have that passion for God, the strength and the exploits are going to fall into place, friend. So what I'm asking you right now is if you will just be passionate for your relationship with Jesus Christ, God is going to give you what you need for the days ahead. And that excites me. I, I, I think that, that the knowledge is being released, that we're going to learn more and we're going to advance more in, while they're trying to advance us 150 years technologically. 
uh, in the next five to ten years, God is going to advance the body of Christ to where we're going to become hell's nightmare before the Lord is through with us in the earth. Amen, Dr. Lake. In a uh, fascinating way to, to close out the show. And, and so much of what you said today is, is very important. Um, specifically, what really caught my attention the most, I think, is the talking about the fire, the pillars of fire and the fire inside. That uh, is a very true statement. And we need to be filled with that fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, as we continue to move in, into these uncertain times that we live in. Well, uncertain for the world, at least. Uh, Dr. Lake, Steve, I want to thank both of you guys for, for coming on tonight. Uh, thank you. Great, great job. And, and Steve the uh, and Dr. Lake both are going to be appearing in Branson, Missouri at the Branson Conference. Steve, well, one more time about the uh, Branson Conference because I know tickets are, are going uh, fast. Right. Actually, it's amazing because people are really uh, you know going to take advantage of it. It's September 15th, 16th, and 17th in Branson, Missouri. They can go on uh, you know my website, stevequail.com. Uh, I know that Dr. Lake is sending out uh, the, uh, the, if you will, information sheets to those people, or the fastest way to get brought up is to go to Gen 6, G-E-N for Genesis, G-E-N S-I-X, the word conferences with an S on the end, dot com. And again, it's uh, it's uh, everything is there, all the information, schedule, accommodations, locations, everything else, and I would encourage those of you, because there's going to be, uh, and I, I can say this, based on who the men of God that are going to be there, Pastor Langford, Henry Groover, uh, obviously Dr. Lake, obviously Tom Horn. These guys know what they're doing, and you're going to have a chance to meet with them and talk, and, and like, I'll be at my table. Unfortunately, you know, we only have so much time between speaking engagements, but please come and uh, come believing, and, and ask the Lord if he wants you there. So, Doug, thank you very much again, Dr. Lake. Thank you. And by the way, you and I could do three hours, and as I tell Tom Horn, it just be an introduction. Absolutely, Steve. It was such a pleasure to be on tonight with you. You guys are great. Thank you both. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. God bless. Wow. They were fascinating information, and is pertinent to today as we see the um, technology just taking over, and I think people don't really understand how critical it is to understand the threat so we can fight the threat. We know we've got the tools and we know what the threat is, but it's uh, it's going to take a lot of Christians and a lot of people by surprise, I think, and catch a lot of people unaware. So Don't forget, folks, visit HagmanReport.com. On the right-hand side there, you can get all the week's guest and show information, as well as uh, daily updated news content and uh, many other things. Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe. God bless. Have a great evening. We'll see you.